Hey guys, and welcome back to Pixel Response. I'm Paul, and with me as always is Nathan. Hey. Hey. We are hey. not the top-down perspective. I know. I'm sorry. Just it's okay. To... That's why I intro this time. We talk you... about similar things, but we we don't. Okay, so, yeah, I was going to say, we had a little conversation, well, I guess it was like two texts back and forth, mm-hmm. and... It was about game of the year, media of the year, blank of the year stuff, like what we're going to do. And since you're part of Top Down Perspective, I was asking you if there's a point in doing a game of the year. Yeah. And then you said, might as well, because we talk about things differently or something. Yeah. What did yeah. you mean by that? Uh, just, you know, just relativity or whatever, like your thoughts will be different. So I'm bouncing off, off different things, you know, so I can say the same observation, but then you'll have a different take on it than Sean. Or John. Oh, okay. So, then it so really, becomes a different conversation. So really, the whole idea is yes, because you just want to talk to me about video games. I like talking about video games all the time. So okay. Well, it's a good if thing. If I can bounce those thoughts off other people, maybe I'll get more thoughts. I remember that was kind of a point of contention to begin with, because we were the movie monks for a while. Yeah. And like, there was, I remember specifically, there was one week where all I did was play video games and didn't watch a single movie. And then I was like, well, dude, I got to talk about like this stuff. And I think that's just kind of where we started doing that. I didn't want to step on anyone's toes or anything, but you seem well, to like be okay how, with it. Yeah, media stuff just bleeds into other things all the time, so I'm, I'm fine with it. I mean, today we're going to be talking about a book that was a movie. Yes. So, yes. there you go. Or a movie that became... Oh, no, yes. You had it the right way. <laughs> I had it the right way, yes. It rarely goes the other way, but when it does, it's always bad novelizations of movies i what's i can't think of the last time i read a novelization of a movie if ever For some reason i read like the star trek 2 book because i really like that movie okay and i don't know why because it was kind of just like a, a transcript of the movie but with like some weird different bits here and there okay so yeah i don't know they like elaborated on the relationship between david and that vulcan lady yeah i don't know why but whatever. That that's the worst conversation. We're not going to talk about that. Um, don't read the Star Trek two book. Maybe don't just don't bother. It's not worth your time. Yeah, there was no way in hell I was going to anyway. Yeah. So we're for good. some reason I bought all of them. I don't. I will never read them. It was a waste of paper. But oh well. Oh well. Yeah. What were you saying about a drink? Oh, okay. Um, I went to McDonald's and ordered a deluxe peppermint hot chocolate. Why would you do that? They're bad. It sounded so good, though, Their Paul. Their hot chocolate in general is really bad. Well, but the Tim Hortons hot chocolate's great. Is so it? It's really, it's like chocolatey and it's sweet and tasty. It's fine. I like it. I get it all the time. Okay. Like, McDonald's you know, has never been known for their hot chocolate. I love their coffee, though, so I guess I could see where you're going with this. Yeah, I just assumed they'd be able to get that right, so... Because I, it's, it's, it's literally just chocolate melted some, yeah, into a drink. Some, powder into hot water or milk or something and stir it up like you how do you get that wrong but you found a way apparently yeah this one the peppermint variant anyway it had all this foam on top which looked awesome it was yeah. like oh they just put a bunch of whipped cream on it that's great but it was all like minty in a way i didn't want and yeah it, it tasted like toothpaste it really did fantastic like just this foamy toothpaste brew and it was horrible i i poured out I'm going to say three quarters of that cup. I just couldn't drink it. It was really, yeah. So just a public service announcement. Don't order that. It sounds good. The picture is good. You know, 
don't just don't do it. Just no, I wonder it. how their mocha is. Because their coffee's good, if their hot chocolate's garbage, their mocha must be mediocre. Mm-hmm. In I theory, right? Gonna, yeah, like I think I've tried their their cappuccino version, and it was just whatever. It was, it was pretty boring. So, yeah, just stick with the regular McCafe coffee and put sugar in it, and you'll be fine. Like it's it's fine. That's right. A drink. But yeah. Okay. There you go. McDonald's. They're late. They're open late, so you know. You can eat great even late. That was Wendy's, I think. No, That's I know, that. but I mean, you have limited options past a certain point in the day, and McDonald's seems to come up a lot now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And their coffee's good. It's their really coffee's, good. Yeah, it's 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 fine. Um. But yeah, great. I wish that stuff was open late. Anyway, okay, let's let's move on to films, I guess, because I did actually wa- drink that right after a movie, but I. Uh, that's like third on my list, so we won't get into that right now. Um, Thanksgiving just happened in America, and you watched a thematically appropriate film. I did, but first let's talk about Wreck-It Ralph because you didn't like it. Oh, wait, I saw that. But I thought we were talking about your list. But yeah, I saw Wreck-It Ralph. Um, I didn't love it, but it had okay bits in it. I don't know. Okay. Like, Maybe a little, like it's the Twitter summations that make everything sound more negative than they are. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm wondering what you were expecting from it because it is pretty. I think you would probably agree it is pretty much just a Pixar movie. It's not a Pixar movie at all, though. Because no, it made them. no, but, I know, but it's the same idea. Yeah, it just which, has that feel to it. So, like, think, were you expecting more? I I expected more video game centric business. In a way, like, I, I think the movie kind of set me up for a weird expectation and then just kind of went back to really safe, generic place. Okay. Too bad. Because, like, if you remember really early in the movie, there's that bit where all the villains are leaving uh, Pac-Man. Yeah. And it cuts to the Pac-Man art style. And it's really awesome. Like, it's just a funny little use of that style. Or, like, you know, Ralph sitting in the bar and then it just goes to Tapper for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And they just stop doing that after a while. Like, they're just like, and for the rest of the movie, it's just going to look like a super generic animated film with, like, exaggerated cartoony art style. And it takes place near and around video games, but we're not really going to get into that until the end credits. See, I'm kind of okay with that, though, because I didn't want just to watch video game stuff. I didn't want meme video game meme the movie. I wanted a movie that I could get into. Well, maybe I just didn't get into the movie they provided then much okay. anyway like here and there i did like i like the relationship between fix it felix and that army girl i thought that was kind Calhoun of calhoun or whatever yeah yeah but the central like ralph and i i did actually like the well i liked how much i hated the villain or like i guess the yeah he he's already he's a villain in any context king candy's mean yeah the only reason i didn't say as much last time is i didn't want to ruin anything for you right there is a legitimately interesting plot development later in the movie that i did it caught me off guard too which yeah was, uh, which is I, really kind of surprising for this type of movie yeah like i just didn't think about the back it's know, like back Shyamalan wrote that shit or something well like like oh snap that guy you heard about that's him yeah from 10 years ago though because he hasn't well i like the village but whatever no, I was talking about in the movie, that guy that you heard about is him. No, I know, I know. Okay. Well, you just, well, I guess it will only make sense as people are watching the movie. No, so that guy's him. That guy's him, yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, it's so him. 
there were some cool game jokes though. Like I, I've said it before on a top down perspective. Oh no, it was a conversation after. So this is uh, this is new, brand new to the internet. Oh um, snap! Exclusive, there, drop it. Yeah. There's that bit uh, where the soldier guy is leaving Heroes Duty and he just starts walking against a wall in the hallway. Yeah. I thought that was great because yeah. that is one of those constant things that bothers me in video games with how crappy that looks. And the movie just was like, yeah, no. If you walk against something in a video game, it looks really dumb. So we're going to have some fun with that. And it looked really dumb. Okay. And was so the great. question burning in everybody's mind right now. Yeah. What did you think of Skrillex? <laughs> um, I actually thought the sequence that involved his song was kind of funny. Because it's just like such a great summation of big dumb shooter games. Yeah. Which I thought was fine. Like it's just like, and then the dubstep song plays and the bugs start exploding and everything starts going exploding everywhere and fire and chaos. And I was just like, yeah, that's basically Gears of War slash Call of Duty. Yeah. So, perfect. Um, what about him? appearance of him was so weird because it's just him playing like really down-tempo 70s jams at yeah. like a party which i thought was kind of funny but um i was actually looking for dig dug because you mentioned him i didn't see him anywhere really he's in the main area for like a second okay there was tons of people in that main area so i might have been like oh look it's chun Li and the princesses from mario hanging out and then i missed dig dug because like there was just a lot of cameos in that shot yeah but that that kind of brings me to like back to my I wish things were more video gamey like not necessarily video game jokes like the tapper thing if they did that too many times it would get annoying. Okay, that's what I thought you were talking about. I just meant the variety of styles, you know, like the movie mm. opens with Ken and Ryu talking in Street Fighter sprites, and then they walk away, and that's funny. Yes. But then once you get back to the central hub or whatever, like Game Central Station, everyone just looks like a Pixar character. You know, like they just look like a CG rendered dude. I'm okay with that, though. Like, it's like, oh, there's Chun-Li, but she just looks like weird approximation of 3D Chun-Li. And there's the princesses, but they're not sprites. They're, you know, 3D. I do also like that when Felix is doing stuff in the other games and when they're hopping around, he still walks like a sprite. I did, I did like that, yeah, like the, the what would you call them, the tenants or whatever, like in the building. Yeah, they, they constantly they, walk they, like that. Yeah, like they have minimal frames of animation, and if something spills or something, there'll be pixels in it. Yeah. Which was kind of nice. So there, there were little details here and there that took advantage of that stuff, but I don't know. It just kind of looked generic to me at some point, parts of it anyway. I, I don't know. But yeah, you didn't main, you didn't like the, the story or anything? You didn't your heart didn't break for Vanellope when you found out what her deal was? Not really. Like it, it, I didn't find her very annoying or anything though. Like I I did you know when she was getting bullied by the other racers and stuff. Like it's like, "Oh, that sucks." Like yeah. that, that they should he should help her or whatever. But I no no more than most animated movies. Like it it wasn't extraordinary for me really which you did say like when was the last time a anime movie was extraordinary i don't know wally maybe like four years ago okay but was, was it extraordinary like, just because of the subject matter it did it worked with or what i don't know i just found that movie really thoughtful in a way most anime like just the post-apocalyptic kind of vibe to it and like the 40 minutes of silence and stuff that it did mm -hmm. just, like it was like a silent narrative for a while and i don't know it just did some neat stuff did Jack McBrayer get on your nerves at all? Not really. 
like like I said, like he had some cool character moments actually. As like he, all those characters though, they're just jerks to Ralph for like the first half hour for like no reason. for no reason at all. Yeah, it's just like he's the villain, so he sucks. We just don't talk to him. Yeah, like oh, he goes up to their party, he knocks on their door, and they're like, "Oh, hey," I'm and he's totally guy. he's such a nice guy too. Yeah, he's just big. He's nine feet tall. Like, yeah. you know, that's that's hard to work with, but whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I like Tangled. That was the last movie this team did. I yeah. think. Yeah, yeah. Like that. That one I was. I think. I think maybe it's just a matter of expectations thing, though, because I expected nothing out of that movie, and then I was like, oh, this Rapunzel movie is actually pretty good. Whereas this one, it's been marketed at me directly a lot because I'm in a video game centric internet circle, so it popped up a lot during E3. It was arguably over. marketed towards kids, though. Yeah, but I mean, like video game folk mm. heard about it a lot. So that's true. It was just like, oh, this is the video game movie coming out, and I don't know, it was fine, I guess. Like it just didn't meet some sort of higher standard. But I don't know. Everyone's fine. John Cena is fine. Sarah Silverman. Is this uh, one you would buy? Alan Tudyk was quite impressive. Like I didn't know it was him, and then at the end, you're just like, wow, that was a really annoying character, but he was supposed to be, so that was really good. Uh, he was King Candy. Yes. But, but, yeah. Did you see it in 3D? Yes. Yes, I did. <laughs> it just, it didn't, you know, interfere at all. Um, I'm, I guess it might have been better. I'm not really sure. I don't really notice 3D anymore. It's just part of movies. So, yeah, I only really notice it when I have a bad experience. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, but I don't know. I, I guess it was fine. The car, the, I mean, once they go to Sugar Rush, that's where it stops kind of having a lot of variety to it. But it was still, like, that was an entertaining place. You know, that was a well-thought-out fake kart racer game. But It, it looked just, fun. Yeah, shoot, nice cream and stuff. That, that's, you know, I thought that was the part that you would really enjoy. Shooting ice cream? No, just because it was colorful and happy and food. It was colorful, yeah. I, I, I don't know. It just, it nothing about it like, i just wasn't i chuckled a couple times like, I, I wasn't like losing my mind happy or sad or anything it was just like it was just fine so i'm sorry if that doesn't you know no i'm offended better time i guess it was a good time yeah i liked it i enjoyed it quite a bit okay i i shan't purchase it i believe but mm. okay so what about men in black 2 oh man uh men in black 2 is barely a movie like okay it, yeah it's 70 minutes long which i forgot like last time i saw it it was in theaters so it just you know we it was a night out we went and saw a movie and i didn't really think about it mm-hmm. but yeah watching it here it's just like that movie is like 75 minutes i think at most 84 with a giant credit sequence and yeah it just feels like it's just underdeveloped like there's just stuff missing which... like the only thing in that movie that i can even remember storyline wise is because i rewatched it before men in black 3 came out a couple months ago okay Whereas that's I the only reason i just didn't um and did you remember like anything that happened in it i bet you didn't there was a plant monster of some kind and like maybe the tunnel part and i mainly from the ads before it came out but yeah right. there was a tunnel part um Man, yeah, like, I'm trying to think if there was any real, like, it's hard now because I just saw it, so it's like, oh yeah, I remember that. I remember the locker gag, actually, like, the dumb thing they ended on. At the very end, yeah. 
Yeah, because the first movie had the marbles thing, which I thought was kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, this just was trying to do a similar gag, and it just didn't really work. But, yeah, just, I don't know. Like, there was nothing horrible about it. Like, it was just 75 minutes of, you know, fine, like, comic mayhem with Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones. There's just nothing rememberable about it. Yeah, it's just uh, barely does anything interesting. Like, they try to do a little thing with Jay's character of being like, you know, life of an agent's really lonely because you keep erasing memories, so no one remembers you. So you're a hero, but they forget right But after. they kind of laugh about that, too, because he keeps erasing the memories of all his co-workers. Right, like, I forgot Patrick Warburton was in it, and he's there. I forgot Rosario Dawson was in it. She was fine, but, like, her character doesn't get to do much, either. She doesn't do much, yeah. Yeah, um... Uh, but it does rain when she's sad. It does. It's because she's sad that it rains, actually. It's weird. That's exactly what I said. Oh, yeah. Well, but, kind of. I said it in a weird way that you could take it either way. Right, but they actually spell that out in the movie. It's weird. Yeah. Um, that line, th- I, that's a memorable line for me, just because I found it ridiculous. It is kind of silly. Uh, Lara Flynn Boyle's in it. Um, yep. She's not... <sighs> she just... I don't, she just doesn't seem invested in anything going on. I, I'm not sure what I expected, though. Like, I like Vincent D'Onofrio's villain character, and, like, Jermaine Clement does some cool stuff with Boris in the new one. Definitely. This, this villain just kind of is a, a pile of tentacles, basically. Which And I, no character to her at all. Not really, no. Because just, it's, she's literally just trying to do this thing. That's yeah, and it. they, it's kind of, like, it's... I can't imagine this was how the movie always was, but they set her up with, like, a five-minute just exposition dump at the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just, like, this fake documentary or whatever about a case file that the Men in Black had, and that basically sets up, like, most of the things you need to know. But then there's a scene later in the movie where the characters watch that same video, which seemed weirdly redundant. Like, it's like, there's 75 minutes, but, like, half an hour of that 75 minutes seems like filler. Which is gross, because it's barely a thing already. So it's just like, how long can we put off K remembering who he is so we can spin that as long as we can? You know, because we don't have a lot of ideas for this movie. And the one theory I've heard as to why they like it seems that way is because they actually had to cut out a big chunk of it because 9-11 happened. Oh, really? Yeah, like this is anecdotal for my friend, but he, he reads up on stuff like this. Uh, I guess... There was originally a climax on the ta- on the towers, and they couldn't do that obviously after that happened. Yeah. So they cut it out, but they couldn't really replace it with something as fleshed out. So if you like, if you really watch the ending of that movie, it seems really flat, and that to me helps explain why. Because like, they are on top of a building, they think they've won, and then the plant monster comes back, and there's barely a fight. Like, they don't even really do anything. It's just, like, he's casually shooting at it, and they're just kind of joking about how easy it is. Yeah. It's weird. Like, it's just, like, why are you... Like, at the beginning of the movie, you made it sound like this thing was, like, a planet-ending horrible thing, and now it's just a casual little joke. It doesn't even matter. And then they send Rosario Dawson away, and you're supposed to be sad, but you don't care about her because you don't know her. Right. Because they don't do anything with her except for she's the princess thing. Right, and then that awkwardly ends, and then they just kind of cut to joke in the locker room, and that's like a three-minute scene, and then the movie's over. And 
yeah, it, it's just under underwhelming. It's just not. It's not horrible. It's just, it's just not anything. It's barely. Which is disappointing because Men in Black One was so good. Yep. At least it has a Will Smith song, right? Uh, Pitbull. It's not very. It's not a very good song. Yeah, Pitbull. Black suits coming. Black suits coming. Yeah. Yeah. That's. It's not going to be winning one. any Oscars. No, it it didn't. In fact, in fact, yeah, like. But you know what might. Uh, yeah, I do. Lincoln. Lincoln. Lincoln might well win some Oscars. And, and you're happy about this. I'm not, yeah, I'm okay with that. That's fine. Like, it, like, I was initially seeing the trailers and stuff like, man, this looks so sentimental and terrible. But I guess they they had a difficult task of marketing a movie that is literally two and a half hours of men talking. Like, which, like, I was I was totally fine with that. Like, you know... It is just important dudes from history having important conversations, and they often have really awesome facial hair or wigs, yep. which was cool. Um, all of whom are played by like well-regarded character actors and such, and really was, old people. Quite old, yeah. There's some there's some old dudes in there, um, and yeah, I don't know. It was just a period drama. Uh, it centers on a pretty important month, mostly in Lincoln's presidency, like trying to pass the 13th amendment before the war ends is Mm -hmm. kind of the big focus. And it's kind of odd. Like you do need to kind of have a lot of context going into the movie to appreciate anything that's happening. Like they don't really explain that for you. It's just like, come on, you, you know, slavery was a thing and then we got rid of it, which sides were fighting and everything. Right. And it's just like, yeah, okay. And if you don't like, I'm assuming this movie will be a lot less interesting yeah, so I guess the question for me is, is there a – I'm not going to say that because that sounds really mean because I was going to say, is there a point in seeing this? But that's not what I meant at all. Mm-hmm. Is there any reason to sit in a theater for two and a half hours or however long it is to watch this? It, like, is this something I could wait for to watch at home when I'm bored? Because it, it just seems like such a dr- such dry subject matter. It it like it definitely has the potential to be pretty dry. Like it it it's a lot of dialogue. Like it is one of the most dialogue heavy movies I've seen in quite some time. Okay. But I don't know. Like it like it. I have a certain kind of nostalgia or whatever for the character. I'm not like he's a real guy. He's a historical for the figure. character. Yeah, for the you dude. Know, this, this this fake guy, Abraham Lincoln, honest Abe, you know, from the comic books. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Abraham Lincoln. I've I've written an essay on him in like junior high and stuff. I've just kind of heard stories about him for a long time. So to see him kind of come to life is kind of cool. And like Daniel Day does his typically like really well researched, invested take on him so when he talks it's kind of cool he days it yeah like he you know he does can we coin that as a term for everything he does well it's day lewis though yeah but days he lewis did that doesn't he dated daniel days it i don't know he ddl'd it no that sounds weird he's worthy of his own like name or whatever like he he's care he's you know he's a method actor he gets into it he does his thing he comes up which is why he's so good I'm just trying to think of something he's been in that he's bad in. I've heard bad things about Nine, but I haven't personally seen it. I haven't seen it either. Yeah, so I've only seen a handful of his films anyway. I can't really comment on how good he is generally, but he's he's good here. 
Um, Tommy Lee Jones also does does he, like it. He does his thing, you know, like the it, old it, man thing. But like, like another, I've been it, around for so long. And being a little snarky here and there with people. Okay. Like a little, little so he's he's Agent there. K, talking like, to President Lincoln. He does. There's some scenes that definitely fit just how he delivers lines well, but it works. It, it's great. Um, there's a trio of kind of bumbling dudes that are meant to kind of campaign in favor of the amendment, played by James Spader, John Hawks, and oh, now I feel bad. Oh, Tim Blake Nelson. So mm-hmm. it's like a trio of actors I've I've seen stuff and enjoyed, and they're just kind of fun to see. Like, so there's some fun stuff in it, but. Yeah, it's it's a it's a lot of talking. So unless you care about what happened back then, it, it's it's kind of hard to really say whether it'll be enjoyable. Like uh, there was a guy in our theater who apparently hated it because when it ended, he was like, "Finally, oh," or something. Like he just loudly yelled at the movie, which <laughs> seemed right. weird. But whatever, that guy that guy was not having a good evening. But that's too bad. Yeah. See, my thing is, like I mentioned last time, is that if I'm going to go to a movie with a bunch of other people and pay an extraordinary price for something, I want to be entertained. I just want to have a fun night out, and Lincoln does not seem like a fun night out for me. It's like, yeah, it's like watching a really well-staged play or something. It seems like something I would put on here, like at my house, put on the TV, and then maybe go on my laptop and read some stuff. Oh, see, that, that, that bothers me, because, like, I would find that even more boring. Oh, okay. Um, I, just, watching this at home would be even less engaging, because it's not dominating the space, right? Yeah. So, I really, I wouldn't recommend watching a movie like this at home unless you're willing to pay attention to it, because, like, really, the things that are in there to be appreciated are, like, small things, like how a line is delivered how you know how characters interact like a conversation that happens like it's 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 a quiet movie for the most part like there's there's a couple spielberg moments that i i'm not gonna say stood out in like especially negative way but there, there was like a joke here and there or something that felt a little silly but he generally it's really well restrained for him and it's i don't know it, it was it was engaging in its own way and like you know for a movie like this that's like kind of you could look at as Oscar bait. It's at least quality. So, I I mean it's it's easy to say at this point, but I really hope Argo doesn't win and people. Look That's at just it. because you hate Argo. See, but Argo's bad. Okay. Whereas this is fine. You know, this does nothing egregious. It actually has thoughts in it and ideas and respect for its historical story and doesn't like gin it up much. It seems anyway. Like it plays it pretty low. And I I respect that, and I thought it was I thought it was good. Okay. So yeah, it's it's two and a half hours though, and yeah, it's you know do you do you want to see Daniel Day Lewis be Abe Lincoln? Not really. All right. Well, maybe don't pay twelve ninety. Like I said, for me, it's probably a Netflix movie. All right. Or maybe like an order on the VOD for five bucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's for me though, because I don't really have any. Well, I kind of like also character. being up on stuff that's likely to go ahead and get awards attention whenever, so I I had to see it. Yeah, but, whereas I don't give a shit. Right. I just want to have fun. I just want to dance. Yeah, it's it's not that kind of dancey movie. So I can't dance to Lincoln? No. 
it's not like it's not in your face entertaining ever pretty much like there's a moment or two that is like a moment played for a laugh or something that you know seems fine seems appropriate but yeah it's mostly do you want to see a really good cast act out uh important chapter in american history okay so michael stuhlbarg there's no real spoiler alert for anybody that knows what happens to lincoln right does he get shot yes um Okay. okay wait 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 no uh, the way they handle that is a little weird. Um, there is a moment where he kind of heads off, and you know he's going to the theater, and that's supposed to be kind of ominous because you know, you know, like, you, dude, don't go there. It's going to be so the, bad for you. We had this head, exact same talk with uh, Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. I know, I know. They play. It's a little cornier in that movie, obviously, but there is. A kind of it might be one of the more Spielberg type things like a character looks at him kind of in a wistful manner as he's walking down this hallway as though he knows or something like or he gets this weird vibe that something something is important happening I don't know like it's like a little silly but it it it, it kind of earned it at that point this is late in the movie um then cut to a theater and I was like oh dude they're actually going to get into it and it was a different theater and they make an announcement in this other theater that it happened somewhere else. And I was just like, what? Why would you do it that way? That was weird. weird. Okay. Like, I guess you don't want to exploit the horrible thing that happened, but it seems... But then at the same time, World Trade Center came out. So right. they're not against true. the whole exploiting stuff. Well, it's a different filmmaker and everything. Like, you know... I'm just talking about Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's, it just seemed like an odd little choice. Like I was just like, oh, are we going to see like kind of the sad little moment of the final seconds of his... It's like, no, we're not going to do that. Which was a little weird, but yeah. And then, it kind of, like, the final moment it ends on, I don't know why they ended it that way. Like, it ends on a speech he made some months earlier that they criticized in the movie, like, characters in the movie said, that, that wasn't a great speech, Lincoln. He's like, yeah, whatever. I'll, you know, figure it out next time. Anyway, I got to go to the theater, blap. And yeah, I don't I don't know. It was a little weird that they ended it like that, but anyway. Overall, good movie. I will say one thing. Um there was uh, Sally Field plays uh Mary Todd Lincoln. Yeah. Uh she is too old to play that part. She is and, very old. Like that's not me trying to just be a jerk or whatever. She's literally 19 years older than Mary Todd Lincoln was. And it it's not like it doesn't show. And it was kind of weird. And like, I read the trivia notes on this movie, and apparently, like, Spielberg said the same thing, but then she really campaigned hard and got the part anyway. Why did you do that? Yeah. But, like, she's fine, you know, she's delivering her lines and whatever, like, fine. But it's just like, it definitely came up over the course of the movie. She's like, wait a minute, I thought Mary Todd was younger than Lincoln. This is weird. Like, it was just like, I don't know. That was a thought that drifted through my head. So, you know, if she gets nominated for Best Supporting Actress or something, that would be weird. Because I'm not sure she fits. But whatever. Yeah. I've talked enough about Lincoln. So I now you're going to talk about The Road. Oh, okay. Um, For context, I read the book also this yes. week. I finished it. So, I heard there's some gnarly shit that goes on in the book that doesn't happen in the movie. I guess, yeah. Um, the movie seemed to kind of bring up some of the gnarlier moments that happened on its own. There's one that they didn't, though. There's a bit where... The baby. 
The baby, yeah. Yeah. Um, which seems weird because, like, at the end of the movie, he asks, like, wait, you didn't eat your kids? And it's like, well... There's no context for that at all. Like, yeah, this version of this character didn't actually see that happen, so that's a little weird. Because, um, yeah, in the movie, in the book, that's, like, one of the more, like, weird moments that happens where they're kind of, like, going past a campfire and they notice something and they're just like, oh, fall, let's get out of here. And then they, <laughs> they run away. Um, and it's real bad. So yeah, like some dark business happens in both, but, um, that, that one they shied away from. Okay. So I have a question for you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I read on Twitter that you're like, it isn't as dark as people say it is, blah, blah, blah. Hasn't anybody ever read Hunchback of Notre Dame? I don't get the similarities between them. Like, how are they comparable? Oh, um, mostly just cause like Hunchback ends with like all your favorite characters in complete despair. Like it's just bad. Right. And here it's like this was the best scenario these characters could have hoped for, you know. Okay. World. So it's like this is actually this book's and this world's version of a happy ending. But at the same time, they all brought it upon themselves in different ways in the Hunchback because of humanity and greed and all these other stupid themes and whatnot lustfulness. Uh, and the road it was kind of they were thrown into it. There's some cruel fate business in Hunchback. That's just like that's just shitty. That's just that's for like one or two of them not for yeah, the whole but that's cast still, that still sucks dude like there's a character that's like in prison the entire book and she finally meets her daughter and then dies like, yeah instantly like gets thrown to the pavement and it's just like coldly killed and that's, it's just, ha- like, that's happy though she saw her daughter no it's uh, like whatever both of them die within seconds of each other like it, so it, they'll like, meet up again in whatever limbo no they believe in there's no afterlife i just so, said whatever limbo they believe in but there isn't one. So, but they can die thinking it. I guess, but that doesn't help. Um, sure it does, because they're like, we will meet in the afterlife, and then everyone else is like, bitch, please. Actually, no one's like that, because church back yeah, then was huge. Back then. But the church is the villain in that book anyway, so whatever, uh, Claude Rollo. The, the church is always a villain. Yeah, but, you know, we're trying to keep it contextualized to these things. But, like, as I was reading it, though, I, I was just kind of thinking through. It's like, I've heard something bad happens. There's two characters. One. Of I wouldn't say anything happen. bad happens. The whole movie is just a bad situation. Well, like, yeah. I wouldn't so say, like, there's a... I wouldn't say there's, like, oh, man. Oh, man. This uh, bad thing's about to happen. It's like, no, bad shit's been happening this whole time. They're just trying to deal with it. But in the book, every time they encounter anybody, I would tense up because it's just like, oh shit. Well, absolutely, you know? yeah. Like this is this could go so bad. I don't know who these people are. It's the same and... feeling that uh, Walking Dead had for a while in the show. Mm-hmm. Well, like you come across the oh yeah, like specifically there's that one scene in season two mm-hmm. where there's a conversation that seems to be going fine, but and then you no. slowly get the sense that something's really really bad, and then it goes really bad, and it's awesome. So yeah, similar kind of tensions are involved. Um, but yeah, like the book just seemed to really hit me more and more with that stuff. The movie, I don't know if it was just because like I just experienced a similar version of the story, but like I also just this hasn't happened in a while where I've read a book and then seen the adaptation. Like I just I it either it usually goes the other way. Right. You know? I'll see no like I saw No Country for Old Men, loved it. And then read the book, and it was like, yeah, that was pretty good. But like, it already, I'd already had the movie in, like, in mind. So this was the first time in quite a while where it went this way. Like, Hobbit's going to be another one, I guess. 
where I could nitpick things that are different. Yeah, I think the last one for me was probably... Oh, like, I haven't actually read fiction books since I was growing up, like, a kid in school. Mm-hmm. I, I tend to read biographies and stuff more now. Okay. Um, Do you know the Lois Duncan books at all? No. Okay, so she wrote, like, I Know What You Did Last Summer, which that movie was based on that kind of same oh, basic okay. idea. And then she wrote a book called Killing Mr. Griffin, and mm-hmm. that was Teaching Miss Tangle was the same plot. So those were probably the last. But yeah, The Hobbit will be the new one, for sure. Yeah. I, I've actually been thinking of just going through that again in a weekend or something. I was trying to find my copy. I don't I don't know where it is, but I'll track that down. It's everywhere right now, though. I can pick that up easy. But um, anyway, just back to the road. Uh, yeah, like so as I was watching it, I was kind of like, well, that's different. Like It kind of emphasizes things I didn't find very interesting in the book. Mm-hmm. So I found that just kind of like a weird difference of interpretation between me and John Hillcoat, I guess, and whoever the screenwriter was. Like they're just like, oh no, what what was what would the man's thoughts have been on losing his wife? That's really interesting. So we're gonna have more flashbacks, and I was just like, I don't care about that at all. Like there were two in the book, that's fine. I don't I don't need any more of that. And they're just like, no, no, no we're gonna really flesh this out some. We're gonna have more scenes. We're gonna have Charlize Theron in here, have yeah. like ten twenty minutes of that, and it's just like. I don't care about any of this. Why, so, why yeah. am I getting this in favor of things I know are in the book that aren't on the I'm not going to lie. I actually read some Cliff Note things, the differences between the two. Yeah. And that was definitely one point of contention for a lot of people. Like, I just don't know why they wanted that stuff. Like, I guess it's... The big I, thing for me is stuff, like, apparently she also doesn't, or she also kills herself. She doesn't just kind of walk away. Uh, no, she leaves. In the book? In the movie. In the movie, yeah, but apparently in the book she kills herself? Oh, I I thought it was similar in that she leaves and the man is pretty much under the impression she's dead. Or maybe she told him that she was going to go kill herself. I guess I just don't understand why the road shied away from some of that stuff. Oh, I don't. I don't think it was like they didn't want to have a suicide in it or something. Like they, they had that. There's a scene in the movie. I don't remember it in the book really, where they come across some corpses in a barn and they're like, "Oh, they hung themselves." Why would they do that? I don't know, man. It's just the world's harsh, bro. Like something like that, and then they just move on. Like that's early in the movie. So, like they touch on similar things a lot, but just kind of in different ways and different order. And sometimes that synced up okay, and sometimes I was just like, I don't know. I think I like what the book did more with this scene or whatever, with this dilemma. So, but it's it's different mediums, right? So it's hard to really compare them directly. Like it was it it was kind of impressive how much the movie got that gray, overcast, bleak look to everything. Yeah. So I, that was cool. Um, I don't know who played the old man. It it looked like Robert Duvall, but I don't know if it was. Which old man? They come across this one old man shuffling down the side of the road, and then the boy wants to help him, and the father's, like, nervous. But then they... Does he have, like, his hood on? Uh, He has, like, garbage bag shoes, and... Oh, yeah, that's totally Robert Duvall, yeah. Yeah, I, I actually... Like, that was a sequence in the book that didn't do much for me, but the way it was played and the way the conversation happened around the campfire and stuff, I actually liked the scene in the movie a lot. So really, so, it kind of bounced back and forth. Like, there's some stuff the movie did that you enjoyed more than the book, but overall, the book resonated better. Like, the book just better. has more in it, because it's, right. it's 
more fleshed out thing. Like it's it's an under two hour movie, whereas it's like a three hundred page book. That's like plus it just has a different relationship with the part like me. It's it's kind of weird because like there's a perspective change in the book that's really profound, and the movie can't do that because it's you know the two characters are just on screen the whole time. Right. So it's not like, you know, one is really favored. Like, I guess I guess they kind of favor the father because there's narration. So that that's their way of kind of being like, this is from the father's point of view for the most part. But I don't know. It's like little quirks here and there that I thought the book had its own unique advantages or whatever. But like that was its original form. So it's hard to really say. I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of rambling at this point. I really like the book, though. I thought the book was really good. I think it's like I, I I hadn't read it. I guess it came out right before this kind of big fascination with the post-apocalypse or right in the center of it. Like mm-hmm. it seems to be a key part of why that is. You know, a lot of people look at that as being a point of inspiration or whatever. Like honestly speaking, like there are parts of Walking Dead that seem like was this informed by this? Because they seem to be mining similar bleak territory and similar kind of thoughts and feelings. So I'm not sure like if that's safe to say or not but what do you think do you think walking dead is aware of the road um like maybe i don't know it's it gets into weird territory when you talk about the walking dead because the comics before it mm-hmm. like i mean i actually mainly talking about the game oh weird okay like, there's a lot of traveling in the game where it's just like we got on this train and then we traveled and there's a bit in the book that has a train where they come across the train and then dig through it and I don't know why like maybe it's just because I consumed both pieces of media the same kind of month or whatever but I was like I wonder if like Sean Vanneman and Jake Rockin were kind of like what if this was the train before they found it like decades later you know yeah no like it just like huh. there was weird little bits that seemed to just echo that and I'm, I'm probably seeing what i want to or something but it's just i don't know it's a, it seems to be a similar scenario a group of people traveling to the sea to yeah, kind of escape. the coast yeah yeah and then they get there and it's not right it's all wrong right they can't their plan doesn't work out and then they have to kind of figure out some other thing to do and maybe then, i guess i've never made the correlation between the two yeah, but I I saw the road years ago, and The Walking Dead is the only thing fresh in my mind, really. So, okay, um, I don't know. They You'd just... be in a better position to make that comparison than I would. Yeah, I I can't I can't say it. it's just an idea. It's just a thought that came to me as I was experiencing all this stuff. But yeah, um, I liked Viggo Mortensen though. I will say that. Um, it's yep. kind of weird because like I knew they cast him before I read the book, so I was kind of imagining a dude not unlike Viggo Mortensen as that guy, because he just fits the look and everything. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, you know, they, it's committed performances by both of them. Like, they get real thin and stuff. They, they're covered on grubby looking, and, like, they, they do their jobs fine. Oh, I guess the one thing that immediately kind of bothered me about the movie, though, like, as I was reading it, in my mind, I just imagined, like, oh, if they ever make this movie, there can't be music in it because this is just the most depressing thing ever. Like, there's this world wouldn't have music. Yeah. And they immediately have a score in the movie, and I was like, ah, oh, you fucked up. I know, yeah. Like, I don't care how, like, sad and whimsical your piano notes are, that there are those is not, doesn't fit for me. Like, it just didn't work. So I would have preferred 
No score. Just like the sound of wind or something. Yeah, just like a just haunting, a lo- kind a of haunting lonely, ambient sound that you would hear when there's no life around you. Yeah, like it just that they decided to kind of give it more of a oh, we're gonna have some melancholy notes in it. It's just like no, it's too much personality. Like it's just dead. Yeah. There, there's nothing to it. It's just the world is dead now. Yeah. There shouldn't be any of them. And there's always something to be said about when there's someone traversing a landscape that's dead, and you yeah. don't hear things like bugs, cr- like crickets or something. You don't hear yeah, birds chirping. It's, it's like just, it's literally nothing but the wind. Yeah, it's it's much more haunting and weird. And, like, me being able to imagine that space in my, like, by, when reading the book, like, there's a bunch of scenes that are, like, I guess whatever passages like there's a bit where they come across just like thousands upon thousands of fish skeletons yeah and it was just crazy like it's just like oh man i can't even that's the craziest thing like just to think like the ocean is dead now and it's just washing up on the shore yeah and the movie just kind of just can't do that like i was also trying to think practically like it's like all the kind of crazy set pieces that the book has, like, that would be the crazy budget for a movie. Like, just to be like, we have to recreate all of things, but dead and horrible. So... All of know, things. All the things, but all dead and decrepit. Like, they can't do that, practically. So, like, they had a beached ship, but they don't really go in it. You know? Like, the, the, they seem to take advantage... Like, I, I kind of admire them for this. I heard they actually shot in and around the area that was flooded by... Katrina yeah to kind of capture some of that devastation and there's like some ships that are washed up and stuff and like that's that's a good idea really like you capture as authentic devastation as you can yeah for sure and like you know for that like the look they captured was pretty good it's just you can't well I mean all they would have to do is go to Chicago because that city is dying is it bad I don't I don't know yeah it's pretty bad okay but, you know, for, for what they had within their means, like, they did, they did a pretty good job. But, like, the space of the imagination that the book can take advantage of, like, that's just so much more interesting. And, I don't know, it resonated with me a lot more. So, yeah, that's that's the road. Book's good, dude. Is good. it something I should spend time reading? I, I, I found it pretty investing, <laughs> yeah. I got pretty into it, so maybe, yeah. I mean, if you've seen some version of the story, like, a lot of the big beats happen the same way, mm-hmm. but I don't know. But you kind of create the images in your head a little more hauntingly. Exactly. Sorry, I, I just... Yeah, no, it's fine. So, I guess that's it for you. Uh, hmm. That's it for films, yes. Yeah, so, and I watched Thanks Killing. Yes, I was trying to make a transition to this earlier, but fair enough. Um, yeah, how would you transfer from the road to Thanksgiving? Um, hey, we can't, but Thanksgiving... Thanksgiving just happened. Thanksgiving just happened, Black Friday. To all our American friends. Yeah, shopping. All and... three of them, because Americans hate us. What? No, specifically you and me. Why? Not oh. Canadians. <laughs> Well, because we made light of that shooting, like, months ago? Come on. No, no. We really have to bring that up again? I didn't have to. I just I thought it was funny. Okay. Um, so, Thanks Killing is probably one of the best B-rated horror movies I've seen in a long time. Okay. Um, Genuinely B-grade. What's that? Genuine B-grade, right? Genuine, for sure. It. Okay. 
like I think it was made by someone or a group of people with about thirty five hundred dollars, and the last person they cast, they literally just had to they cast last minute as they were about to start shooting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, big thing with this movie that I loved is it took all the little tropes from B horror movies that are really bad, like really bad things, stupid things, and kind of threw them together in one movie and it has a very genuine feel that's both mocking and showing love for that type of movie like you have the generic stereotypes of all the cast you have the stupid turkey puppet that actually talks and he talks with a human voice which is amazing Mm -hmm. and there's the bad stupid puns like i don't know it this movie has everything it has tits in the first few seconds Okay. Yeah. Like, from what I'm hearing, like it sounds trauma esque. Kind of. I think trauma is a lot more polished, though. Like trauma really? would be really? trauma is almost like a Hollywood version of something compared to what these guys did. This is wow. literally like you, me, John, Sean, and like three other people got a video camera for like a thousand bucks and went out and started shooting stuff with a puppet. Oh, it's like that rough. It is really rough, but that's... that sounds like Mega sixty four made a movie. It has the same enthusiasm that Mega sixty four had, which is okay. what I was really into. It just shows a group of people that are doing this for the love of movie making, and it's fantastic in that regard. Okay. And it's only an hour long, which is kind of annoying because I wanted more of it. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a similar problem as Men in Black two. Yeah, but good. <laughs> yeah. And so it costs heard... like a twenty bajillionth as much, so you know. Yeah, so you heard it here first. Thanks, killing better than Men in Black Two for half the time. Whoa! I said like it. That. Tommy Jones. I said it. Mm-hmm. Recorded it. It's Same on there. In that movie too. But okay, so, uh, slasher movie monsters. A monster slasher movie. The monster okay. is the slasher. Is it a turkey? It is a turkey. It's a turkey puppet that talks. Oh, okay, amazing. So he will, like, the... he he is the turkey that will be like, oh fuck, and he just okay. says stuff like a human. It's mm-hmm. amazing. Okay. He, and he does say gobble gobble motherfucker, which makes it the most important movie of this decade. <laughs> All right. I don't think you understand how legitimately enthused I am by seeing this film. It it really does share the same Mega sixty four logic of dude, you can do this, just go out and do it. Mm-hmm. And. I really appreciate that. It is the, like, how we appreciate indie games for what they're doing for the love of it. This is the film version of that, but for horror movies, which is the genre I like the best. Okay. Yeah. Like, I guess I might have seen some similar vibe stuff at that short horror film festival. Like, there there was some stuff that might fit in that category. Yeah. But is this on Netflix or YouTube? It is on Netflix if you have an American account. Oh, okay. It is also being passed around one of the producers or creators or writers of it who also stars in the movie ryan francis which you can follow on ryan francis tk on twitter yeah he's been actually just providing me and Eno with links where you can watch it for free okay but i just found a torrent of it because it's only an hour long Mm -hmm. so i think if i ever find it in like a bin somewhere i would totally buy it i might order it even I just kind of want it on my shelf. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, I got to give full props to, you know, 
from the awful gamer because he's the one that suggested it to me and I absolutely loved it. I I have a hard time recommending it to you specifically. I don't know how you'll feel about it because you love Mega Sixty Four. I do, like, but I don't know if you love like B horror enough to and get anything out of it. Like I liked Hobo with a Shotgun a lot. Or like, right, but like tra- like Street Trash. I don't remember Street Trash, but Hobo with a Shotgun had kind of a story to it. Yeah. It had it was almost more of a revenge movie than it was anything else. Right, okay. And yeah. this has less purpose behind it. It's just no Oh, it has absolutely no purpose behind it. It's like this turkey came alive because this dude's dog pissed on its totem where okay. it was buried 500 years ago and every 505 years on Thanksgiving he comes alive and kills people. Okay. But is it from the turkey's perspective or No, but it's kind of funny that they say that too because they say every 505 years but like this is the only 500 and fifth year like okay because when the turkey talks later on he's like when was it 1507 really something like that but like they even say in the movie the turkey is talking about how old he is and he says about 510 years old okay so it's just kind of funny that they know this war but this is the first time it's just stuff like that the writing is fantastic so yeah, I'm really excited about it, and we might be talking to that guy, okay. like me and Eno, so stay tuned for that on Pixel Response. But after that, well not right after that, but I guess last night technically, for me, I watched The Raid Redemption. Oh, okay. So Judge Dread Mongolia Edition. Like... Better version? I don't know. I like some of the stuff they did in the raid better than they did in Judge Dread, but you, you get really get that feeling of oh these dudes are fucked, like they're yeah. against something. And Judge Dread's like I am the law, I will kill everything. Right, and they do like like I I did like Dread, but they do action better in the raid. There's more variety to it. Yeah, like it's not sure. just like a big beefy muscle dude hits dudes and shoots them. In fact, none of them were muscly. Yeah, like, it's just, like, wiry, like, ninja men fighting with martial arts in all manner of ways. But sometimes they use axes, and sometimes they use guns, and sometimes they're stabbing. So, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say that I wasn't a huge fan of just the fights where they were fighting with their bare hands. Mm -hmm. What I liked is when dude got a knife in his hand and was just, like, going down a hallway, slitting throats and stabbing people. Like, horrible shanking happening. But, like, yeah. like it was no problem. Like, he was born for this exact thing. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah. It made me want to pick up a knife and start trying it. Exactly. It's it's dangerous that way. Yeah. I also just... There's, like, a moment where it's just kind of on, and I think it involves an axe, and a dude gets thrown out a window, and stuff like that. Like, the first scene where it's just like, all right, we just need to fight now, and the cops just start wrecking dudes it was awesome like that that's that was a really great bit yeah so, whereas and, yeah and they like jump that, into it real quick too right and it kind of generally keeps going like there's some pauses here and there between action bits but i think the pauses were there only yeah the pauses were there just long enough that you could catch your breath for the next go like then yeah the next action sequence they didn't really overstay their welcome yeah like whereas dread i felt 
had more of a measured pace to it, so it's more just like you're chilling in this giant building with this dude, and that's cool, but the action highs weren't as high. That's what I liked about the the raid, is it it really felt like you were trapped in this building with this guy, and you don't have a second to rest. You gotta go. You gotta keep going. You gotta shoot more dudes and then throw them off something. And then, I don't know, they tried, like, I probably shouldn't spoil anything. It's an action movie, I, I don't know. What? They tried, like, a betrayal thing that... I don't even remember this. It, oh, okay. it didn't resonate with me at all. Fair enough. Yeah, because you don't even remember it. The old guy I... was, like, actually working to take the main guy out so he could be next in line to be, like, a drug... Oh, was that uh, what he was doing? I, I seem to remember... I thought it was, like, there was a corrupt cop in their midst or something. But... Yeah. Like, they oh. try to do their own version of, like, oh, betrayal, but... It's so lackluster. It it feels like it was just tagged in for no reason, to me, oh. anyway. The main thing I remember being kind of like, what was, I think two of them are brothers? On yeah. sides of the law? Yeah, that kind of ends okay, though, because at the end, they don't, and not everything's happy. Right. Like, I really like the shot of them just kind of parting ways. So, yeah, I don't know. It worked out okay for me in the end. But, but there was like, no buildup or anything. The most buildup you get is at the very beginning. He gets a phone call. He's like, I'll get him. I'll go get him or whatever. Okay. Like, like I watched Assault on Precinct 13 last week. Like, do you see the Carpenter similarity? Like, it's just like, we have a scenario, and that's kind of the most important part. Yeah, no, for sure. It has that Carpenter vibe where the whole movie is based around one one setup, and everything and that happens happens in there. In, but... There's no other real thing except it's almost like a video game structure. Like this is your end goal, and anything that happens happens as you're trying to get that goal. Right. I had the same feeling watching Dread too, though, where <laughs> I was just like, I wish this was a game instead, because this has the rules of a game, but I'm not here, so, meh. You know, like it wasn't quite all I wanted. Yeah. But, whereas, like, yeah, if you made the raid into some sort of martial arts action fiasco. Would that be good? Mm, I don't know. I honestly don't say. know. Who's to say? But, but Okay, generally pretty great, though? Yeah. You might even say, in that respect, it's almost like Nintendo. Because they're taking one gimmick, and they're milking everything around that gimmick. <sighs> oh, are you trying to transition into things by being mean to Nintendo? I'm not trying to be mean. I don't... I as time's going on, I'm being I'm less impressed by Nintendo. But what are you thinking? You've been playing the the Nintendo. Yeah, bit. I've been playing the Wii U. I uh, got the the new system. Is this the first time I've talked about it here? Really? Oh no, uh, no. I talked about games because I just got it and I hadn't actually played any games on it. Right. That was the thing. Um. So I already had all my launch stories and whatever. Um. Yeah. Now that I've been I've I've had it for a bit now. Um, I've also just heard some like pretty pretty scathing discussion about it over at Giant Bomb. They're they're pretty unhappy. Okay, we'll get into that, but I want to know about Zombie U because this is the only game that with the launch oh. lineup I was interested in. I I am generally pretty keen on some of the things Zombie U is trying. Like it's it's cool that they're experimenting this much with the interface. And okay, the but you stuff. said trying, so what's the matter with it? Uh, some of the barebone, like, just, the melee combat is boring. So the barebone gameplay is boring. 
No, just the just the melee combat. Just the combat. Okay. I'm gonna say like the way it kind of has you lost and confused and scrounging for ammo and stuff like that's good old school survival horror business like people are saying like resident evil one logic in there right and i'm definitely low on bullets a lot and that that is a point of concern is kind of cool and i think that fits that's 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 fine right um it's uncompromising though like you know like games have gotten kind of real generous on that front Mm -hmm. like it's just like oh no here you go You, you got bullets bro don't worry about it like it's it's kind of on its own in a lot of ways in that category now, which, I, like, I was defending this game on Reddit, and someone was like, no, I heard this game is garbage, here, check out this Let's Play, and, like, some guy was having a real tough time with it. That guy's just weak. He's, he's bad. He's just bad at games. So, you know, that's fine. You know, you, you have your soft, weak-ass new players. They can just go play their Gears of War and whatever. That's fine. Uh, for the old-school cool people, we got Zombie U, and it's great. So, you know, don't Just, worry about it. Like, it's not, really, being... it's not really bothering me, but I'm going to say that you've never tried Gears of War with other people in the Hardest Difficulty campaign co-op. I played Insane the first one, so... Oh, so you have. Yeah. Dude, it's... that game is anything but easy. If you do it that way, but... It's just... I just don't... I don't Until the like... real old school or whatever the hell you were saying gamers do it. <laughs> yeah, whatever. I, I was just <laughs> of popular stuff because i was annoyed i was annoyed with this this sediment that it's just like oh this game's bad because i saw this video of this guy who didn't like it okay that's not that's not a way to make a verdict on anything absolutely Um, no so yeah it 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 does remind me of demon souls i'm gonna say that like there are comparisons being made um because if you die that's it that person's done it's almost like a roguelike in that way right it is. It like it you you re you roll as a new character every time you respawn. So I'm on my like fifth dude now. Um mm. and there's actually some incentive to just play well. Like if you if you log if you manage to play through the entire game with your first character, you get a way better score. And that okay. goes up on the leaderboard and stuff. Like your survival ranking is really high if you actually keep it together the whole time. Um the way the combat works is like the the cricket bat melee combat is probably my biggest beef with the game because that was already getting kind of tired after my my time with it. Uh, it just seems like you have to hit it an X number of times before you knock it down. There doesn't seem to be any kind of real... like. Did you ever play Dead Island with the advanced yeah. combat? Yeah. Like, that felt great. I liked the, the way... It felt okay. Yeah, for sure. Target a limb or a joint or something, and then that actually does something. Right. Whereas here it's just like, I don't know, just hit it, just keep hitting it, and eventually it'll fall, and then you can smash its head. That's kind of too bad. It sounds like something that could be fixed if they had just taken a little more time working on it. Yeah, or if they ever make a sequel or something, I can only imagine that'll be the first thing they'll try to iron out, because it's it's just too bad. Like, the gun combat's fine. Like, it's just standard shooting, like, iron sights, business, aiming at the thing. Mm-hmm. I actually like that it has you manage a bunch of inventory business on the second screen. Okay. Because like, in, in that way, like, months before the Wii U came out where I was kind of hoping a Fatal Frame or something would do this, where it's dividing your attention to create... T- this is trying to do that. Tension? It does some of that stuff. Okay. Like, there was a moment where I was kind of in this uh, shipping container. I, I killed a zombie, and then I was like, all right, I've taken care of this business. 
So I opened my backpack and then I was like sorting through some items I had, like trying to clear out some stuff. And but then it pans the camera around to where it's looking at your dude from a third person perspective, camera at his face mm-hmm. as he digs through the backpack, and you can see behind them. So okay. I looked, like I was kind of just going through my thing and out of the corner of my eye, I noticed what's happening on the TV. I was like, oh shit, because there was a dude behind me. He had dropped down off the top of the shipping container after I killed that other guy, and he was coming up on me. So then I had to quickly slide to close my backpack and then run down and turn around. So it just, it has tension and, like, I don't know, a certain intense thing going on that I haven't felt in a game in a while, because, like, Resident Evil 5 didn't do that. They threw that away in favor of action. Of action, and apparently 6 kind of does that, too. Six six goes down the same path. So really, like some combat moments in four is what this reminds me of. But it's in a first person perspective, and I like that. It's all immersive and stuff. I okay. Cool. So it's it's doing some smart things, but again, I, I kind of wish the meat of the combat because like most of the time I'm using melee because I don't want to use bullets because there's not a lot of them. So that that isn't a hundred percent satisfying. Does kind of suck. Visually though, it looks it looks fine. Um, I do like how the map also is on your screen, because you kind of have that divided attention thing, too. Like, I actually would compare it to Far Cry 2 in that respect, because they had the map interface within the game world. Right. Where you have, like, a map open on your lap as you're driving, so you're kind of looking down a lot, and then you could crash into a tree or something, because you're not paying attention. Like, in a similar way, you have to look away from the game to know where you're going, and that could create for some kind of, like, oops. Yeah, as soon as you look up again, oh, shit. So exactly. Yeah. And I love that. Like, I could see someone being like, oh, that's frustrating, but I think that's great. Like, I think the game's doing that intentionally, and I think it's awesome. Like, this game demands all of your attention, though, which I also find kind of cool, but also, you know, a little taxing. You can't just casually throw this on and listen to a podcast or something. Like, you have to listen to the audio in case something's coming up on you. <laughs> well, you see, know? that's what the Souls games do, too. Like, you never yeah. get to pause or take a rest. You got to know yeah. where there is going to be a spot where you can just kind of hide out if you want to change equipment mm-hmm. so yeah and, yeah and like you got to manage your character's rest and all this stuff like there's a lot of mechanics in there that i think are pretty cool and at the same time like the plot is kind of guiding me to specific places and it's kind of playing out like most shooters would but that they let you backtrack and scrounge around is a little bit of freedom so i i think that's kind of cool yeah Initial impression is pretty strong. I, I quite like it. I, I need to spend more time with it, though. I've, I've only spent a couple hours so far. So, yeah. But generally, I think that's probably the strongest launch game they have, from what I've played anyway and what I've read. Well, compared to Super Mario Brothers? Yeah, cause Super Mario Brothers is just super... It plays it 100% safe. It is the most generic Mario Brothers game ever. So you were finally playing some of this, then? Yeah, I've, I've, I'm on World 4, I think. Um, I mostly play it on the pad just because that's still kind of novel to have a sort of HD, like high quality looking game. Just like while you're watching a movie or something? Uh, more just in bed listening to a podcast or on music or something. Okay, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I, I, I guess initial bullet points of things that I find just kind of worrisome or upsetting. There's no online co-op in the game at all. Wait, I, wait, under the impression wait. There was. Yeah. What are you talking about? Uh, I cannot play this game's co-op mode over the internet. Why? They set up a perfectly functional thing, finally, where you can talk to friends and do shit with them. Why wouldn't they do that? Uh, exactly. 
you, like wow. You're, I know. Like that's I, so fucking stupid. Holy shit. Okay. I like I this whole time I just never thought to ask because that is like bullet point number one brain dead feature you'd include. Yeah, the most basic thing ever. Yeah, like I saw it at E3 and was just like, oh well, that'll be cool when I play it online with my friends anyway, and then walked away because of course that's in there and it's not, which just broke my mind when I found out it wasn't. Like it was just like, what, and wait. it's Nintendo. They're the ones that built the fucking system. I know. Like, that would be a much more interesting package if it had that. Instead, it has online community features, but that just means you But doesn't every game? Uh, well, I mean, it, it kind of has a note system. Like, you can leave a note on a level and just be like, watch out for this dude. Oh, like and Demon's Souls. Kind of, yeah. Like, Zombie U has So what that. we're saying here is Demon's and Dark Souls really had all this shit going for it to begin with. They knew what they were doing. Oh, they did some impressive innovations. I think people recognized that a few years ago, too, when it came out. There's like, this does online co-op, interestingly, because it's not really co-op, but you're kind of helping everybody. So that's cool. Yeah. And, yeah. Like they seem Kind of like Journey, too. Yeah, Journey does just... Just an of... indirect helping more right. than anything. People dropping in and out of your game, helping each other in a kind of unobtrusive way. Yeah, that, that's that's cool. But yeah, this, this has notes... Um, it has, that's kind of it. I, I can't really, I think there's leaderboards for some time trial modes and stuff. Like there's some bonus modes in it that seems kind of neat. Like beat this level as fast as you can. It's like, all right, and you get a medal or something. Okay. So just straight up without online co-op support. Yeah. This game is infinitely less appealing oh, to me. Yeah, no, it's so less interesting. Like I'm, I'm kind of like, just kind of like, well, do I really want this? Like, I guess I can still play couch co-op with somebody. But... That's fine if you can get three other people there. Like, yeah. I, I want to play a four-player game, because that's the most fun I've had in those games on the Wii. Yeah, so you still have to kind of go out of your way to set that up as a thing. Which, it totally sucks. It's it's That is really, like, bullet point number one negative thing. Is that's... Baffling. See, for me, it's I just... Ba it's baffling. It's really it's really too bad. Like, it's, it's one of those obvious decisions you would have hoped they would have made. And, and I thought Nintendo would be the forefront runner in making things better I mean, for yeah. online well, play. Well, because New Super Mario Bros. Wii three years ago had the co-op, and that was well-regarded. So you'd hope that they're more online-friendly system. Well, yeah, yeah because but, back then, even though they might have been able to patch it in, it was useless because friend codes are the worst thing forever for this sort of thing uh see this brings me to kind of this other thing like giant bomb's major point of contention was the way they're handling online profiles okay and to be honest like i just didn't really think about this at all when i signed up because i i never really thought cared about my wii being online or anything i don't have a 3ds and stuff but if you do have a 3ds like your wii u will never be aware of that fact like that profile doesn't carry over what do you mean like, you already have a, a profile on your 3DS, right? Yeah. Like, their hope was it would be kind of like a, that's your Nintendo gamer tag already, and you can just log into that on your Wii U. Sorry, I'm going to have to play an idiot here. Yeah. Because I haven't been keeping up on what the Wii U has or doesn't have. Okay. I haven't been reading anything, and I barely, like, I was listening to the Bombcast, and I remember them discussing this. Yeah. But they, um, so Nintendo doesn't have an ecosystem where you just have one gamer tag or friend code or whatever the hell they're doing. Yeah. And that works for everything. 
it does not yeah they have their own separate isolated things for each system um why why though it just seems like why wouldn't you have a nintendo ecosystem where i, I buy something on the we <laughs> say the Wii shop yeah why can't i the virtual console because i can buy stuff on the virtual console on my 3ds why it, can't i also port that because it's i mean it's essentially fair, just a retro game fair and very obvious questions i know it's it's really weird when you think about it like uh, in their like to their credit, this time around, like they have a much more easily manageable friends list. Like I actually have people added to it this time, whereas Wii U, I never or the original Wii, I never exchanged anything with anybody ever because it's just a hassle. But yeah, that it's it's kind of extra frustrating when you can link all of those accounts that we just talked about to your club Nintendo. Okay. And. Like, Wii U as well. Like, you can link the new account you just created to Club Nintendo. So Club Nintendo knows everything you're doing everywhere. That's okay. I'm okay with that. But none of that really means you, like, it's aware of the ownership you have. Like, the main the main problem they're, they're kind of predicting will happen going forward is, like, user stuff. Like, okay, if I buy Zombie U, the downloadable version, on the Wii U. Yeah. $60 purchase, you know, yeah, yeah. like, uh, no one except this Wii U knows that that has happened, really, so if that console dies or I get a new one, um, it'll be, like, a really big trying thing to get that purchase. That's fucking so stupid. Nintendo are really fucking stupid. retarded for not doing that. That is the stupidest fucking thing. Like, it makes sense, kind of, with the DS, in a way. Because, like, a portable system, whatever. It's a portable system, so there's But then at the same time, I say I spent $500 worth of shit on the 3DS, and I lose that 3DS. Nintendo's yeah. like, well, sucks to be you, faggot. Yeah. Like, it's, it's fucking it's annoying. I it's fucking really hate bad. this shit. It's, it, yeah. Like, I, I can only hope, like, if you have a Club Nintendo, there's at least, like, no, look, dude, I, I earned all these coins because I bought these things. Can I please have the coins refunded or points or something? And maybe they'll make a case for you, but... That they didn't plan ahead and really look at, really, like, the main thing everyone's kind of saying is, like, why didn't you look at Xbox Live? They've been doing this for seven years. You could have learned so many lessons just by observing them. Well, that's the thing. Like, even though the Wii U is brand new, yeah, there's a whole, like, seven, there's more than that, because, fuck, they were learning stuff with the original Xbox and the PlayStation 2. Yeah, it's it's hit the decade mark this past month of online gaming in any serious way, or like Dreamcast or whatever, or like going even further back. The internet's existed for a long time, and Nintendo just kind of doesn't keep up with that stuff. And they don't exist in a vacuum. That's the thing. Like, it's this is better than anything Nintendo's ever done, but on a wider stage, it's still pretty embarrassing. Like, it's still kind of bad. And I can't really make too many appall like. I, I, I'm still invested, you know, I spent money on the system or whatever, so I'm biased, it's, I guess. I think the it, thing that annoys me is that the system is really intriguing hardware-wise, and it has a lot of potential. And mm-hmm. to see them slip up on something that people have been doing right for so long is fucking aggravating. It, it's, yeah, it's a bit worrisome, actually. Like, I'm I'm a kind of in a, a pretty pessimistic long-term perspective on this, just given a lot of the negative talk about it right now. And, like, People are being kind of spinning the launch as optimistically as they can. I'm, I think it went poorly, I'm going to say. Like, it seems a little soft, is the thing people are saying. But like The launch? Yeah. Like, okay, I'm going to put it this way. I walked into, uh, what was it now? I think it was an EB Games. 
Yeah. No, not EB Games. The Walmart by my house here near Deerfoot. Yeah. And I had the opportunity to buy a black Wii U. It was just sitting there. Exactly. And there was about six normal Wii U's there, too. Right. I was at mine a few days ago, like four days ago or something. They had five of the white ones just sitting there. So they did not sell out. Like, they're, they're trying to spin it as we essentially sold out at retail. They didn't. They're sitting around. Like, no one cares. So that's that's kind of bad. Kind of. In a way, I'm okay with that. But yeah. I will say personally, okay, so with the Wii, I wasn't that invested in the Wii when I heard about it and stuff. I thought it was neat. Yeah. And then the when I heard, oh, no, dude, you can't get one now for, like, a year, then I was like, oh, well what about these games? And then I would go to a friend's house who did get it day one mm-hmm. and he would, we would be playing like bowling or something. And I would just be like, I can't have fun for six months. What did I do? And now it's just like, I walk into a Walmart. No, I could buy this whenever I'm not going to buy it right now. Then like, I'm not, I'm not, there's no fire lit under my ass to care right now. Yeah, no, it's that's that's totally fair. Like I Nintendo Land, I played some of that too. Like it's fun, it's fine. Like uh, simple little mini games that kind of riff on Nintendo concepts and stuff. It kind of shows off the versatility of like the pad and like the different gameplay stuff you can get out of that in a cool way. Yeah. So yeah, it's like I generally like what's what Nintendo's thinking and what they're doing in terms of like it's like an HD DS, but it takes advantage of your television and it does kind of kind of weird social community stuff that we couldn't do before because our system was even worse at doing that so i still think there's a lot of potential but in some ways i i like i i just feel like maybe it's 1999 and i just bought a dreamcast kind of thing you know right like it's like no dude this thing's so cool it's yeah you're in the bleeding edge of what's technologically available right but there's no one you can have fun with unless they come to your yeah. house I'm in a small camp of people right now, and I'm not sure if it's going to get that much bigger. So you know, and, and specifically, like, people have to come to your house, or you have to bring your system to someone's house to play your profile. And that's kind of the jacked up thing too, is uh, because the profiles aren't really, you can't just log into it anywhere. It's it's weird. Like Brittany was here, she has uh, me at home, but we had to create a new one for her here. Like, you yeah, couldn't just that, log into that profile and play as herself. That's so irritating when I think that all the times where I wanted a game on Xbox, say, and I was at yeah. work, I would yeah. log on to Xbox.com, I would buy it online in my browser and set it to download at home. So yeah. it would be ready for me when I got home. Yeah, like, even that kind of basic feature we've gotten used to elsewhere just isn't here. Which, again, like... They just didn't do their homework very well. It's it's kind of weird. Like, uh, yeah. Okay, so new Super Mario Brothers U. Yeah. It's middling. It's, it's, those games are weird. Like, there's such a weird, like, mashup of different ideas from previous Mario games. Yeah. That they kind of just don't have their own distinct identity at all. Like, it's just like, hey, we kind of, we have Yoshis in here, you know, from Super Mario World. We have like eating things with them and then a bonus thing happens we have like mushroom houses from three well i think the big thing is that boost mode right we have the flag ending level things from the first one boost mode or what is that called oh boost mode is yeah that's where one person's playing on the gamepad and they're providing platforms and stuff and discovering secrets see that sounds really fun but at the same time you also need another person to play 
you do need two people for that to even happen. And I'm just going to say anecdotally, like, from my experience with it, the person with the gamepad gets a raw deal because they're not really playing. Like, you kind of have to watch someone else play and just kind of yell at them and be like, go over here. I made things for you. It's, yeah, it's not it's not ideal. So, huh. yeah, the, the regular co-op where you're both there doing stuff, that's more fun. Oh, another thing I heard, too, mm-hmm. that you can't play without a normal Wii controller. A Wii mode. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, specifically, the beef with that is you can't play with the, the Pro controller. Right. It makes no sense at all, because it has all the same inputs you would need. Yeah. So, that is just them being jerks, kind of. I don't know why. Um, but yeah, otherwise, it's either you play on the gamepad exclusively, or you have a Wii Motion Plus like for other people, which it doesn't come with. Remote. I'm actually not sure if if you can actually play with without the Wii Motion Plus with just Mario, because you wouldn't think you'd need it. But I'm not 100 percent sure. I'm pretty sure you do, you need the Wii Motion Plus because they've stated as much. Yeah, I was just playing it safe and using the one that had it built in that I have, so I I can't actually save. I'm just annoyed that it doesn't include one of those in the package when you buy a Wii U. Like, just toss in a remote, too. Yeah, they're already operating a loss on this thing, so they, they're they trying to kind of t- keep it close. Like, I guess it's if you buy the system in one game, that's profit for them. But without that, they're a little high. So, yeah, Nintendo's kind of a gamble. I don't know how they're going to do this time. I'm a little, little hmm, concerned. I don't know. I'm not sure. I might have just bought the last Nintendo system. I'm not sure. Everybody says that, though. I know, but it's come close before. Like, I like the GameCube, but I don't know. (laughs) Didn't do super well. Yeah. The GameCube was good. They they backed it up with some games, for sure. Yeah. I guess only time will tell to see what happens with this. Right. Like, there's a bunch of ports right now. Uh, I did play uh, briefly a bit of... Uh, Epic Mickey 2, that port is all jacked up. Like, the frame rate's pretty bad. <sighs> yeah. I, I've heard similar things about Batman and stuff, so... It's kind of it's kind of a bit of a weird launch. I, I do like Nintendo Land, though, and Zombie U kind of... I guess sort of because of the gamepad stuff. Like, they actually made a pretty unique, interesting thing. So, that is still, for me, like, the one thing. I wonder how many developers will actually care, though, about the Nintendo system if they keep pissing everybody off because they have that whole problem with Amazon yeah, and EA. Yeah, they, they, yeah, that they've pissed off like one of the biggest retailers and a big publisher. Publisher, yeah. It's it's kind of it's kind of burning some bridges or something. Nintendo's, yeah, kind of doing a bad job lately. They're making weird decisions. They're making some pretty weird decisions. I mean, right? every, everybody's just like, oh, Pikmin. It's like, that's great, but if everybody in the whole world buys Pikmin 3, then maybe they'll start profiting. Otherwise, we need more than one fucking game. And that's not going to happen anyway. Like, the Pikmin games were fine, like, critically well-regarded. I don't remember them selling gangbusters. I don't like Pikmin games. They're fucking stupid. Okay. They're They're... just not fun. Okay. Yeah. I'm trying to think what to compare them to, really. It's like a simplified RTS structure kind of kind thing. of yeah dungeons and i stuff. can i mean it's totally fine that people enjoy them they're not for me at all yeah yeah 
so just strenuous in a way that I, I thought was kind of neat. So just like straight up in um, that regard, they lost selling a copy to me mm-hmm. automatically. And I can't be the only person in the world that doesn't mind pigments. So what are you going to do, guys? EA is pissed off and Amazon won't even sell your shit, basically. Oh, the way they handled Wii, Wii backwards compatibility is also really screwed up. Um, do I want to hear about this or am I going to get mad again? Well, you have to basically launch a Wii emulator in the system. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> and, uh, like, the transfer stuff, like, I, the most annoying thing I've heard about it, uh, the system has a 32-gigabyte hard drive. Mine does anyway. The regular one has an 8-gig one. I'm annoyed by that, too, but we can get back to that. Okay. At any rate, that is more than enough space to cover everything I've ever gotten on the Wii shop. However, yeah. apparently within the Wii emulator, it still caps it at 512 megabytes. Great. So you need an SD card still, which is really silly. <laughs> but are we not at yeah. the are we at the point with video game systems that we have to worry about external storage? Like 32 gigs, iPhones come with more than that. That's true. Well, I mean, mine has exactly that. But yeah, okay, <laughs> it's also one of the older ones too. I know this is so, a three-year-old iPhone. I'm just, I'm just baffled the way they're doing stuff. Like external hard drives or whatever, fine, whatever. Mm-hmm. But when you start getting into this weird territory of only 32 gigs, yeah, developers have to look at that now and just be like, well, do we make this awesome badass game that's huge that only like people with the next SD card that's this size can actually play with? Mm-hmm. Or do we keep it bound by this limitation that they've set for us? It's I don't know. When you start getting into the whole storage thing and counting on people to upgrade their own storage, it gets a little iffy. I mean, and the only reason why it's an issue at all with, say, Xbox or the PS3 is that those consoles have been out for so long that every year you're accumulating a bunch of stuff on your hard drive. Like, this is brand new. Developers should not be... Third-party developers should not be worrying about these problems with a brand new system. Yeah. It, like, that they have the downloadable store, too, like, they're asking for trouble already. Because they're using some sort of Blu-ray as the storage for this. Yeah. Like, I'm just, some like, I wonder how big Blu-ray. Zombie U is. Like, that's going to take up a huge chunk of that small hard drive. And that's the biggest hard drive they have, is the one I have. Yeah. So... Yeah, that's that's kind of. I should also make it clear the reason why I'm so angry is because I love Nintendo. Yeah. I grew up with Nintendo. Like my parents for the longest time said, "Are you going to go play Nintendo?" It was just the thing that people had in their minds. It was part of my childhood, and to hear that the company that made gaming a thing for me is slowly killing themselves with stupid things is fucking irritating. Yeah, it's it's kind of stirred up some kind of nostalgia thing too, like where it's just kind of like, man, this used to be so good. How could they be ruining this this whole thing? Like, it's not even that they're trying. That's the thing. It's not it's that just they're excited in a lot of ways. It's because all these problems have been taken care of. Mm-hmm. Well, not oh, taken, by other people. By I know. Other people. It's like, other the homework has been done. Publishers have been doing product research for them, like for the last decade, and they should be able to just step in and pick up where they left off and iterate. Yes. But instead, they're kind of re- regurgitating a bunch of problems from like five, ten years ago. 
Like, to, like the one thing I did say last week that I still think is cool is the chat place. Like, that's a neat thing. Right. You know? But it's it's such a mind. It's basically like just a well organized forum that they created, which that's not hard really either. But at least it's there, and it, because it's on a touch screen, it's actually not that bad typing and yeah. Stuff. I commend them for their hardware and what they're trying to do. Yeah, but it's just a lot of really really dicey decisions. Like, man, I'm trying to like just thinking more practically too, like. I I am an invested video game person, Absolutely. so I'm 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 gonna figure out what it is to get this on the internet, do that stuff, patch it, and everything. Apparently, out of the box, this thing doesn't play Wii games, so that's already gonna really confuse a lot of people. Like I was just like thinking back to my retail days, like I would have to explain that to pretty much everybody that comes in, because it would just be like, listen, ma'am, this will play your your son's you know Zelda game or whatever, but you're going to have to hook this up on the internet and then wait like an hour so it can download this giant patch. So, you know, just just a heads up. Um, like it's just kind of... Whereas the GameCube is just pop that thing in there. It's fine. Yeah, we are in the day and age where everything connects to an internet, though, so the idea of patching isn't as bad to me as it might have been a couple years ago even i guess so a couple years ago though i was i was still in retail and having to explain like blu-ray player updates and stuff too like people were like yeah i tried to watch iron man it wouldn't work and you're just like yeah i got a story to tell you you gotta plug that thing into the internet and they're just like what in general i'm not a fan of patches at all but i understand why they're necessary so that's fine um the idea that they weren't just built in with an emulation hardware that when you put a Wii disc in, it's like, oh, it's this, and it plays right away. is ridiculous. But especially since Nintendo has been the company for this whole time that was all about their past, their pedigree. Mm-hmm. They've That's why they have a virtual console, and that's why they sell so much of their old stuff, because their old stuff still is in the hearts of everybody. Yeah. So the fact that they can't backtrack one generation with the same proprietary disk software, it's ridiculous. Yeah. I still, like, there's some really easy things they could do to kind of turn around some of this. Like, if they just opened up the shop to have some sort of PlayStation Plus-like model where you can play old games, and not only that, but play them on your gamepad, that would be a neat thing. Like, I could play Super Mario World around the house, you know? And that would be fine. Yeah. That would be cool. I was just like... I don't even think, with the way it's currently set up, the reason I bring that up is, like, even games I have on my Wii, like, I have ActRaiser on there, yep. I can't play ActRaiser on my gamepad. I have to play it on my TV. And it's so stupid, because I can play ActRaiser on my phone if it had a joystick. Right, and it, like, it kind of shouldn't do that, because it's streaming directly to the gamepad, so it should just be able to stream that all of that stuff. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure once you select Wii, it just turns off that gamepad. It's like, use a remote, dude. This is a Wii now. So yeah, that's really weird. It's got a lot of weird questionable things. Like I, I you know, the chat's saying like, you know, once a game comes out that really takes advantage of all the stuff, like it'll kind of eliminate some of this criticism. Specifically I'm thinking if they get a Metroid Prime game right on this thing, that'll be sweet, dude. That'll be awesome. Dude, if I could control a Metroid Prime game without getting sick, yeah, that'd be tight. Right? That'd be great. It would I'm talking specifically about three. Yeah, I know, I know. I couldn't play that one, which was too bad, because I like those first two pretty good. So, eh. 
so yeah, there, there's stuff they could do to turn this around. I'm, hope, I'm hoping their best development talent is doing stuff right now, and it's all gonna make sense in like six months or whatever. Yeah. But right now, it's 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 a little dicey. It's it's. <sighs> it's Let's finish off with talking about Nintendo Land. All right. Oh, okay. Nintendo Land is a collection of mini games, um, some of which are pretty cool because they take advantage of the fact that there's two different screens happening. Which a lot of this harkens back to Game Boy Advance GameCube connectivity, but no one did that really. Like I did a couple times, but that wasn't like a fully realized vision, right? Right. Like Pac-Man versus kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So there's a chasing game with Mario. There's Sweet Dreams, which is the Animal Crossing one, which I thought was fun, but you need more people to really make that work. To the two-player version, they changed the rules slightly, and it's it's kind of lame. Um, Yeah, like, you kind of have to stash up a bunch of candy, and the other person's controlling two little cop characters that... It's basically tag. A lot of these are tag variants, kind of, which, I don't know. That's nice and simple and easy to understand. But, uh... uh, Yeah, they also have, like, a shooting, wave-based survival game that's Metroid-themed. That one's kind of cool. Like, one person's flying around the ship on the gamepad, and the other person is running around as Samus with uh, her arm cannon and everything and a grapple beam. There's Pikmin 1. That's basically just a mini Pikmin dungeon type thing. Um, the, I'm going to say the two-player of that, though, like, the multi, like the other players who aren't Olimar are just Pikmin, so they, they just kind of bash their heads against things. It's kind of simple. It's just mashy gameplay. So that's not necessarily the best multiplayer one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's there's a bunch of variety of stuff. They they put in a bunch of Nintendo franchises in there. The central hub area is kind of cool. There's a Monita is a computer monitor that has this really creepy flat monotone voice and explains everything to you. Um you unlock prizes. It's it's okay. Again though, there's no online multiplayer of any real significance in it. Which Of course. Nintendo really needs to figure that out. Like, I mean... I didn't expect it with Nintendo Land, though, to be completely fair. But at least leaderboards, dude. Like, that would just make sense. There's no leaderboards, either? There's no online leaderboards, as near as I can tell. It's just my leaderboard against myself. Oh, weird. So it's like time trials. Yeah, it's just how good are you versus your best game. It's just like, okay. Fantastic. That's a little better. I got a medal. Like, it's... It's kind of backwards in that respect, too. Um, What else to say about it, really? Like, yeah, it's okay. It's it's packed in with mine, anyway. I'm not sure. Tr- Actually, yeah, I guess it, the question would be, would you pay $60 for it? Dude. Yeah. No? <laughs> yeah. Maybe not? Probably not. Like, that, that that's like a $30 game, I would say. Wait on that one. Or hopefully they'd release it appropriately. Because, yeah, that's that's a bit much. That's asking a bit much for what you get. Yeah. I, I would kind of like to talk to somebody about the Wii U that is not into the gaming thing. Yeah. And see what their opinions on it are. Yeah, like, it definitely doesn't have the immediate understanding of, like, this is a tennis racket now. You know? Like, it's it's not that. It's It's much more complex. It's kind of a really complex machine if you look at it, like what I appreciate about the, what the gamepad does in zombie U is how much it asks of you, you know, what I like like, about the gamepad is that it essentially does everything. Like you would be able to play 
say iPhone games on there. You could do DS game type stuff on there. It has the easily do DS style stuff. Like they could do HD updates of all of those games. I like I said. I think the hardware they really hit their stride. They did a fantastic thing with the hardware. Mm-hmm. They just need to back it up with stuff that isn't stupid. Yeah. Uh, like, I'm not trying to shit on your parade here, because I want a Wii U as well. I'm just angered by it. No, it's 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 frustrating. Like, I, I still I still stand by my decision to own one. I like having the hot new thing. The thing is, I might buy it, and if I do, I will take it when I go for Christmas with my family, and they have a Wii and they like it. So I will be able to report back, if I do that, what they think of the Wii U. Mm-hmm. And I have a feeling it will be my brothers liking it. And my parents being like, what the, like, I don't know how to do this here. I'll watch you. As soon as they see that pad come out. Like, I successfully got my parents to play a bit of Wii Sports. I don't think this will have the same kind of understanding. Like, I'd love to get in on a five-player, like, uh, Luigi's Mansion Ghost minigame thing. Like, that would be fun. We can do that, and we could live stream it. Yeah, we need to get some video game people in on that thing with that though is you need to almost like footage of the gamepad to know what's going on we right? could do that too okay just it's it's kind of hard to capture what's happening when there's two different screens interacting with each other but uh yeah like i i, I still think there's tons of potential with the core idea just at this point there's other alternatives coming up like you know with the smart glass thing and vita potentially like if they want to, the other systems could be the, like they could be the ones to iterate on this idea successfully. And Nintendo was kind of the initial innovator that screwed up. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure if that's going to happen or not, but uh, it's yeah, Nintendo man. Uh, I don't know. It's frustrating because when they get it right, they hit it so right. But when they get it wrong, it's just retarded. It's ridiculous. I'm trying to think the last time I got, like, frothing, crazy, excited about a Nintendo game, though. You know? Oh, ten- Nintendo game? Yeah. Oh, I know what it was for me. It was the Resident Evil remake on the GameCube. Oh. That's, like, ten years ago, dude. I know, but that is the reason why I bought a GameCube. I didn't buy a GameCube until that game came out, and then I went out and spent all the money on it. Right. Like, I liked Thousand Year Door a lot. That was probably eight years ago or something never played it heard it's good though yeah like maybe maybe i don't know like they, they kind of just they come up with one great idea and then they just kind of keep doing it which has just been what they do like i love animal crossing the first one but then they just kind of re-released it a couple times those aren't really sequels because they don't evolve anything like i played a bit of galaxy again a little while ago it just never did it for me because mario 64 never did it for me I don't yeah. like the Galaxy games, and I catch shit every time I say that. Yeah. I, I <sighs> Prime 1 was awesome, but again, that was a decade ago. Prime 1, when it came out, I played a lot of. Yeah. I never actually played Prime 2 and Prime 3. Like, maybe I'm just stupid, because the uh, dude in the chat was saying that 3 was easy to control. Mm-hmm. But I, I didn't like it. My hand, I, I literally couldn't beat the first tutorial boss. My hand was shaking too much. It was, I don't know. I was not mm. good at that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's kind of been a while, and Nintendo's really impressed me. Like, they're obviously going to release, you know, a Mario Kart game that's got to have online. Has to. So, 
that'll happen, but that's the same thing again. I don't know. Yeah. Pushmo or something. I, I like the WarioWare series, pretty much all of them, so... That'll be interesting to see what they do with that. Yeah, like, th- there's definitely stuff that could happen that, that'll make it all make sense. And, you know, there's a the few third-party exclusives, like Bayonetta 2 and stuff like that. Hopefully they... That is probably what I will get a Wii U for if that's soon. Yeah. I did like Bayonetta 1 quite a bit, enough to probably buy a system to try the second one. And just knowing that it's exclusive and I can't get it anywhere else. So. The th- yeah, the thing is, I want an, a Wii U. Mm-hmm. But I have no compelling reason right now to buy one, and that irritates me because I'm in consumer mode right now. Right, yeah. Like, I mean, <laughs> like, I'll, I can show you Zombie U maybe sometime, and you, you can get a sense of it, but it's it's not like a system seller, really. It's it's just, it's just a cool, neat thing. Like, it's, it's almost on its own. I just like how demanding it is as a game, just because that's not a philosophy you see much of. So, yeah. Difficult games. Yeah. But... Speaking of difficult games, yeah, I played Halo Four. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, it, I guess Told you that. Le- legendary mode. I've heard it's actually pretty pretty crazy. So legendary yeah. mode's great because how, how is Halo Four? I'm thinking about it, but at, like I mean, it is I, a graphical I, powerhouse of what the 360 can do. Really? Okay. Yeah. That's neat. Like, it's, it's just kind of like, I'm looking at, like, I mean, my 360 is dead, and I'm starting to look at options, and there is a Halo 4 bundle. And it's just like, should I just get that one? I was going to link you to something some dude was selling on uh, Kijiji, actually. Oh, he, he was selling? He was selling an Xbox with, like, seven games and two controllers for, like, 300 bucks. Oh, okay. But they're probably games you already have, and like 300 bucks for an old Xbox. I don't know. That's why I didn't yeah, like you to it. Yeah, secondhand Xbox anything I get kind of nervous about. Like yeah. I just feel kind of, I'm just annoyed because like I don't really need the controller or the hookups or anything. I just want the box to be better. I just want it to be fixed, alive. So, you should look on Kijiji. There maybe. are a few people selling console-only type things for like, I don't know, 100 bucks and stuff. Okay. And for what you need it for, which is just playing a few exclusives until the next thing comes out, mm. I think a hundred dollars is totally fine. Yeah, I, I I kind of just want to get at those downloadable titles. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've been without Spelunky for a while. I've been without Spelunky for quite a while, and I want to actually really dig into it. I've never played my own copy of it except the PC one, which is the old one. Yeah. So, yeah. Any, anyway, okay, okay. But yeah, Halo 4, it is Halo. Is it really? Yes. Alright. I don't know if you're being sarcastic or not. The reason I say no. that is because with 343, a lot of the excitement and rumors about it was that they were going to try to trend away from what everybody knew as Halo and just set up their own thing in the Halo universe using Master Chief. Mm-hmm. But you're still fighting the Covenant. You're still doing Halo-ass Halo. Yeah. Does it go back to that stuff too much, really? Or Like, that's the kind of the thing. The thing is, I like Halo. And I will tell you one thing. It is so nice to be shooting aliens again instead of other human beings. I'm sick of military shooters. I'm sick of killing people. It's nice to just kill these weird, out-there monsters that just kind of, like, melt away when you kill them. Okay. Yeah. So, I guess that's where I'm coming from. I'm... Trying to get through the campaign, I've only played about a quarter of it. 
and uh, playing through campaign on the regular difficulty to get the story, and then I'll go through again on Legendary if I can find other people to do a co-op with me, because that's how I really like to play that game. Mm-hmm. I like doing the hard co-op mode, but everybody I know hates Halo because popularity. Okay. It seems. Like, I don't know what your reasons are. You might have very valid ones. But for the most part, people are like, no, I don't want Halo. It's popular. Well, I got Reach right away, too. I I just... I don't know. I... I like playing multiplayer for a while, but it just never sticks for long. Mm. You know? So I I play it for a couple weeks, and then just... That's kind of it. And I I, play through the campaign. Their multiplayer is fine, but... Multiplayer in any game where it's just deathmatch type stuff... Yeah. It's not for me. I am all about co-op. Okay. I, I guess. I just remember having some issues with the Reach campaign's pacing or something. Like, I would get really excited about parts of it that were different in some cool ways, and then get really bored whenever it resorted back to just normal business. Yeah, the thing so. with... the Halo hasn't done the campaign pacing very good, in my opinion, since ODST. Mm. ODST was good for that. Yeah, I never had, like, I just, like, breezed right through that game. I just played all of it. ODST? You know, like, yeah. Like, I think I never... it's because you jump around and they never throw you in a situation for longer than it warrants. Maybe that was it. Because the but... first couple Halo games, there were a few levels that were just downright, like, yeah, I'm, I'm so done with this. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, okay, I don't know. The, I like Halo. The, does the story feel like they just kind of ginned up a reason to have like uh, Master Chief back. Did you get into that issue people are having with the villain not being explained? Yeah, dude, I don't know what the fuck's going on with him. Uh, apparently, it's just like, oh, you read the books, right? Like all of them. Yeah, no. Exactly. Like it. It seems. I bet of- if I had though, I would be like, oh my god, dude. Yeah. But- like in a way, like Mass Effect Three did the same thing where they revealed that like assassin character. Yeah. And I had no idea who that guy was. But if you read the third book... Kai Lang or whatever? Yeah, I was just like, oh, who's this new Jack? He's got a sword. And it's like, no, dude, they set him up in the book, dude. The thing is, I'm I'm kind of okay with that. I like having an ominous being that, like, exists in the universe, and you're just getting part of the story where it's like, well, if you want to know more about him, you could read this. I'm okay with that. I'm okay Mm -hmm. with just something existing, and you're getting a piece of the information in this part you're playing. And they're not just trying to contain it to one storyline in one game. So I'm okay with that. Okay. I'm okay with not knowing who the bad guy is right now because I think they will build him up enough in the game where it doesn't matter what his past or origin is so much as what he's doing and why you're trying to stop him. And I'm pretty sure they have to explain that because that is the reason why you're playing a game. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with just experiencing part of a universe more than getting a whole universe in one go. So yeah, for me, totally fine. But like I said, Halo-ass Halo, people that don't like Halo probably won't like this. I'm more excited to see what they do with the next one. Uh Because I'm thinking what Halo 4 is, is 343 being like, okay, so we're brand new. We're trying to pick up what Bungie has done, but we also need to make some money and get people behind us, so we got to make a Halo game before we go crazy. Right. 
Uh, and John was pointing out how weird it is that this is a numbered Halo this late in the generation. Because, like, it's going to jump next year, right? Yeah. Like, so, like, Halo 5 in 2014? Like, already? Probably. Why not? Because by this point, they have all the assets they're going to use. Like, I don't know how much I can say that this game looks really good. Okay. They so are obviously they are obviously HD pushing compressed versions of this They are stuff pushing Halo awesome. 4. They are pushing the Xbox's capabilities fully right now. Okay. I've I've been told it looks really nice. I just don't know what that would look like, but okay. I'll I'll Let's put it this way. The opening scene? Yeah. There's there's still a little bit of uncanny valley happening. Mm-hmm. But they have gotten the closest to realism that I've ever seen CG graphics get. Okay. I know that sounds weird, but next time you come over, I have to show you that opening scene. Or you could look at it in high def on YouTube. It is fantastic what they've done. Okay. Yeah. Like, better than movies? Um, depends what movie, I guess. Okay. Like, better than the Final Fantasy movies. Oh, okay. Just in terms of, like, people that don't creep you out. Yeah, like, they're... They're realistic, too. They're not just, like, cartoony. Mm-hmm. Like, they look like people. Think if, uh... I think they look better than the people in Heavy Rain. Okay. Fair enough. Because they don't have that crazy uncanny valley that Heavy Rain does. Like, Heavy Rain is really bad for that. Mm-hmm. Because they look really good, but they didn't work on maybe motion capture as good or something. <laughs> There's something something weird with Heavy Rain's people, and I don't know what it is, but you could always tell that they were fake. And And it kind of makes it funny, though, when you do the thing where, like, oh, he's going to sit down. Nope, never mind. The (laughs) opening scene for Halo 4 I thought was live action. I'll put it that way. And it wasn't. until like, And that didn't become apparent until about three minutes in. Okay. Fine, I'll check it out sometime. I just haven't. Yeah, but anyways, the segue you thought I was making. Yeah, Dark Souls. Oh, games. Dark, Dark Souls. I bought it for fifteen bucks. Nice, brand new. Go right there. Yeah. Um, that is Demon's Souls version two. But not directly, right? Like, what do you mean? It plays exactly the same. But it wasn't it published by someone else? Like, isn't it technically not a sequel? Oh, I don't know if you're talking about sequel. I'm talking about just the spiritual successor in every way because it plays the exact same. Oh, no. I, yeah, that, that's <laughs> that much I know. That, yeah, that's what I meant. Uh, like, I don't know much about the story or what's going on with that, but the same mechanics apply. The same, if you mess up, it's your fault because you knew that dude was there and why didn't you put your shield up, you fucking idiot? Yep. Yeah, so that's all there. Um, I'm playing as a pyromancer. Some setting stuff on fire. It's pretty good. Okay, so it's like that X Man. It's like that X Man, indeed. Okay. Um, there isn't a whole lot about it that I could say that we haven't already spewed about Demon Souls many times in previous podcasts, and even in this one. Mm-hmm. It, it's good. I'm looking. It got me frustrated. I'm gonna say that the first night I was playing it, I was like, I forgot how hard these. It feels harder, actually. The demon's okay. souls, and maybe it's just, like just because they give you less information, or there's more vil- enemies right away. 
or something like um i really like the hub the main world hub in demon's souls and i have yet to get to something like that in this I guess the best uh, way I could explain it is, you know how Diablo, every time you went into a level, you could always go back to Tristram mm -hmm. at some point? Yeah, this is more like Diablo 2, where you're just kind of going across the countryside so far. So I don't know if they're going to fix that, but like eventually if I it turns into there's a hub world... But I really like that aspect. I like having a safe haven that I could spend souls or whatever to teleport back to and then quit. Like when I start a game now, it's just right at the last, what's it called? Last uh, fire I was at. And then there's dudes right outside the door every time. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah. Wait, wait which version are you playing? I am playing PS3. Okay. Just, I, I have the 360 one, and it looks a little funky to me, if I remember. But It looks fine to me. I haven't. Okay. I don't know if you've played a lot more than I have, though. I've, I'm have i still in... No, no, I barely played any of it. I played like half an hour or something. I was just like, this is too demanding for me right now, dude. I don't know what to do. <laughs> okay, I could, yeah. yeah, I could totally see that, for sure. Yeah, that, that was back when I... That was some months ago. <laughs> yeah. But, okay. I mean, I don't have a whole lot more to say about it. I really like Demon's Souls. So I really like this. Alright, there you go. Yeah. Dark Souls. Dark Souls. Should we get into the smaller things that we were going to discuss? Yeah, we had some kind of other stuff we could bring up that came up later. Um, What do you want to talk about first? I want to talk about Real Lives 2010 because I've been meaning to install it and try it out for a while now. Okay. Um, I've only just started playing it today, so I'm like... I'm going to say halfway through my first life, uh, but it's probably best to explain what this is first. Absolutely. It is, it is an education game. Uh, Idle Thumbs made me aware of it, but they, they read some blog article about it or something. Um, On Gamma Sutra? I forget where. It was some, or some guy was, News. I don't know if it was either, actually. But Oh, weird. Okay. Yeah, I can't remember. Um, the, it is, I guess, a simulation of just people around the world that takes into account a bunch of different like political factors and like sociological factors and stuff to kind of determine what happens to you. Um, I'm just going to explain what I've done so far. Okay. Basically, I booted up the trial version. You get three free lives. It says, hey, th this guy's your dad. This guy's your mom. You are a kid in Egypt. Uh, you're, you're zero years old. You know, your family lives in a modest house. Uh, Egypt, we got some healthcare, but we're not really that great at sanitation, so, you know, good luck, and you just live life, and you age one year at a time, and kind of, it's a turn-based strategy game, where you're kind of modifying different factors and whatever, and right now, I'm 33, I illegally emigrated to Canada, where I'm a garbage man in Toronto, Yeah. Um, I got me a wife, uh, one adopted kid named Usman. Mm -hmm. and we're just, you know, trying to make a go of it here in the Great White North, and it's pretty awesome. So, I don't know. It, this it's sounds kinda... eerily close to your real life. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, when I'm 33, like, a decade in front, I'm probably going to be a garbage man, so... <laughs> With a wife and a kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, easy. No, I don't know. It's, it's neat how it takes into account, like, you know, religious factors and stuff, 
Um, I was an alcoholic for a while because I just kind of started drinking and didn't really think about it. Like, it came up as a choice. It was like, hey, a lot of your friends are going out drinking a lot. Do you want to join them? And I was just like, yeah, okay. And, like, five years later, it's just like, yeah, apparently your character really took to that. So you're an alcoholic. Now, how long does it take for a year to go by? Uh, like, um, 30 seconds. Like, it just kind of simulates a bunch of things that happened okay. that year. So, like, this whole time, like, my family tree is growing. Like, it's like, your sister met someone, and she graduated from college or something. You're just like, oh, okay, cool. Um, I went to jail because I didn't want to go to – I didn't want to be drafted. I was like, no, screw you. I'm not going to the military. So they sent me to jail, and that – uh, caused me to not get a bunch of jobs. Like, I just couldn't apply for some jobs because they didn't trust me. Yeah. Which sucked. Um, my education is terrible. I can't go to college here in Canada, which sucks. So I'm, I'm kind of stuck as a garbage man as far as I can tell. Yeah. Which was not my intention. My, my goal was, no, I'm not going to bother going to university here in Egypt because that probably won't transfer over there because I always had the mind to leave. So... When I got here, I was just like, oh, I'll just go to go to trade school or something. They're just like, no, you, you suck. You have no grades. It seems so like I, a really good way to get people more socially conscious about the people they deal with in everyday life. Yeah, just kind of like all the different factors that could have contributed to making people who they are. Like you always hear about a guy that was like a brain surgeon in India, but here yeah. they're like cleaning up your spit. Right. Or, like, they're just working retail or something because they just – that didn't transfer, you know? Like, I actually knew someone who was, like, a med school student from Cuba that just doesn't transfer here. So working at Shoppers Drug Mart, it's just like, that sucks. So you get all that kind of stuff. And, dude, it costs so much money to emigrate. Like, that's why I did it illegally because it costs 180 grand. And I was just like, I don't have that. I'm a potter. I was a potter at the time. Yeah, so you're going to risk incarceration. Yeah, I scraped together whatever I could and moved with my then-girlfriend and made it here. And yeah, and that limits your options, too. It's just like, these are the cities in Canada that probably won't notice or whatever. And it's just like, oh, okay. Is Calgary in there? Calgary was not listed. So I don't know if they actually took that into account, too. It's just like, that's a really conservative area. They would probably be like, wait, what's this Egyptian guy? And then you get kicked out. What about, like, Vancouver? I don't, I don't think any West Coast stuff. It was mostly in Ontario. Uh, New Brunswick, there was, like, one city. That's some horse shit. Um, but there's other cities. Like, I, ca- I think I can move to Calgary, but it's just Calgary was too conservative for me. To oh, move. for this specific situation. For this specific situation of illegally emigrating. Yeah. Hmm. I'm not Here. saying it wasn't a, a city that exists. It, it takes into account Google Maps situations. Like, okay. Like stuff. So I think it knows all this stuff. It's awesome. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's really plain in terms of presentation. Like, it's just a bunch of menus and, like, a simulated face of your dude. But, yeah, I, and it's kind of just a coincidence that I turned out to be a dude at all. Like, you, it could, you could be a woman anywhere. It doesn't matter. What's my guy? Uh, Noradin Benazdekri. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I'm 33 right now. I'm going to simulate a year right now, see what happens. Just, just to illustrate what kind of things go down in this video game. Oh, you're doing it right now? Yeah. It's, okay. It's 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 turn-based. It's just open in the background. And, yeah, I don't know. You just kind of see what happens. I'm not sure how much it costs to actually license this game, but... Now, see, this is where I'm getting... We're going to talk about this a little bit in Telltale's uh, Walking Dead as well. Mm-hmm. Is this technically a game? Because it seems like it's just a roll of the dice what it's telling you you are, and you go, okay, 
Oh, well, in terms of, like, the initial setup, no, but that's that's part of it for me. I don't I don't know. Like if that It sounds like a character game. creator though with a mind of its own. Well, I I can impact what happens to the character that is created. Okay. We were, we haven't to... gotten to that yet then. Yeah, no, like dude, I I chose to go to Canada. Like I could have moved anywhere in the entire world, you know? Like I am I'm choosing which things to invest in, what money to save up. Okay. Okay. I thought it was just deciding that because when you're like, yeah, I chose to go drinking. All of a sudden, you're an alcoholic. It's like what? Well, I chose to drink in the first place. Like, but you didn't choose to drink for five years straight. But it simulated like, you're right. It's more like I input some basic premises. So it's almost using algorithms to just be like a lot of algorithms happening in the background. Yeah. So it's almost like, okay, so you went drinking this one time, but and from that, we can guess that since you're in this shitty situation, you probably went drinking a lot more because you're okay with that, and blah, 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 so all of a sudden you're an alcoholic, so it's actually doing some thinking behind the scenes. Right, and it's because of the input I gave it that it came to that conclusion. Right. Like, I have, I, like, I guess maybe part of it's because I was also in, like, a religiously oppressive area for a while. So, like, some of that was rebellious behavior. Like, I could have started smoking, too. Um, or I could have had a kid before I got married, but then I probably would have gotten in trouble there. You know? Right. It's, who knows? It's, it's kind of... Can you get an abortion, then? Different stuff they take out. Um, I'm not sure. I'm actually not sure. My wife couldn't conceive at all, so... That's good. That's a factor. Here, I'm going to hmm. try again. Your wife did not get pregnant. Aw. Well, you should try over and over, because that's fun in real life. I've, I've clicked this button a lot. <laughs> this doesn't do anything. This year has not worked out. All right, I'm 34. Let's go to 35. What's going to happen? But yeah. Oh, you also choose which kind of stats to invest in by your uh, leisure activities. So it's just like, are you interested in art or socializing or music, sports? You, you know, you got to stay healthy. Like, I, that's actually a factor. Your character can be, like, that can contribute to health problems and stuff. Okay. I don't know. It's neat all the stuff it, it tries to take. And again, this is my first 30, like, this is my first 30 turns of this game ever. So I'm not sure how deep it goes. Or maybe there maybe there are some kind of weird, shallow things happening or some fudging of the numbers going on. I don't know. But it's kind of neat to see this all happen. Um, If you want to talk about, like, transitioning to Walking Dead, though... Yeah. Uh, in terms of choice limitations, like that, as it all played out at the end, I just, I got less and less enamored with that game to the point where I'm not even sure I'd call it a video game anymore. Okay, I completely agree with you. We probably don't want to spoil anything, though, right? Not, not explicitly. No. As soon as the ca- the mic's off, I want to talk to you about specific stuff, though. Yeah, it's more just like. Like, I'm not even necessarily necessarily saying this in a bad way, because I like movies, too. It's just, this really does feel like a new movie-type thing than a, than a real video game. You know what I mean? Like, it's like... Well, I mean, the thing is... Okay, so specifically with this last episode... Yeah. I think there were points where you could literally put this on a DVD, mm-hmm. put it in your DVD player, and then have a menu come up that's like, press next... Or, like, next uh, track or next uh, chapter if you want to do this. Or yeah. press previous if you want to do this. Right. Like, it's like, at the point it's where... Like a, literally, if you 
own adventure movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like, there's a combat sequence in this one, too, which, again, it's just like you press A a bunch. Like, it, you, there's no gameplay. You you just win. You, you don't not win unless you fall asleep or something, and then it's – that's not a game. It's just you didn't press it. Like, there's nothing satisfying in that. So it kind of doesn't take advantage of things, I think, video games, when they do it. You know, you don't get that sense of satisfaction. Like, you're just like, yeah, I nailed that bit. It's just like, no, the game screwed up. I didn't do it. Like, it didn't, I, didn't, I missed pressing A over this point on the screen, so I didn't win. You know, I, I don't know. Like, that, that that's stuff I found really frustrating. Um, I just want to, like, I found this episode specifically, it, well, okay, like, you, you don't win is the chat's pointing out, like, bad things happen. That, that's not what I mean. I mean, you, you see what the developer, like, author intended you you proceed you know nothing you do really makes it feel like you screwed up it's just do you understand I, I'm, I'm getting sidetracked a bit. what do I want to say okay they didn't seem to account for many alternate paths well in this one in terms of just the animations and stuff I don't know if you felt this way at all but like specifically uh... like this is this is kind of spoiler but I'm, I'm going to be vague so hopefully this is okay. Yeah. I'm just gonna say, no matter what you do in this episode, Lee is kind of hurt. Okay. He's he's, he's hurt in a bad way that makes everything exponentially harder. Right. So Lee is physically weakened in this in this final chapter. Um, despite that, no one helps Lee ever, which I found really annoying because I had a crew of people with me, and. The, like, this is where, like, all of the smoke and mirrors and stuff just went away and all the veil got torn. And I just saw right to the mechanics of what was happening. It is possible for Lee to be on his own in the last chapter. Yeah, but you knew that at the end of chapter four. I know. They revealed that that was a possibility. You could have alienated all your friends to the point where Lee is on his own. Yeah. As such, there needs to be animations in place for Lee to do everything himself. Yeah, for sure. However, it seems like they only animated that so despite the fact that i was personally rolling with who was it ben omid and lady i don't remember her name krista sure whatever yeah i was rolling with three other people and there were several puzzle type things where i'm doing really physically taxing stuff and i am not in a good state so why am i doing these things like it, it's like I barely survived, and yet no one here is helping me, and they're just kind of standing around. And I was just like so torn out of the story because if this was a movie, that would make no sense at all, you know. And it's just like because of a technical limitation <clears throat> in terms of developing all these other branches that were possible, like different animations of different people helping you or doing a thing. Mm-hmm. And the fact that those weren't happening, I was just like. This is really broken. Like, this just doesn't work. This this makes no sense in terms of what's happened in relation to my choices. What is going on? And I just was really, really bothered by it. And I don't know. Like, and then after it's over, like, I'm going around to all these forums, and it is it is becoming the video game version of that that movie. I never like giving this award, but, like, that one where it's, like, overstated how good it is. Which like, one? Well, whatever. Like, for me, last year it was The Artist. For me, this year it's Argo, you know, of just being like, oh, this is clearly absolute genius. And you're just like, 
no, it isn't. It's it's okay, but it's screwed up here, here, and here. What what of it? And they're just like, no, whatever. It's great. It's amazing. This is new territory for video game narratives. And you're just like, what? Okay. I don't know. Ugh. Yeah. Um, there's some frustrations I share as well that we can't really get into unless we get into some spoiler territory. Okay. But suffice it to say, I completely understand what you're saying, and it's really weird when you're hurt that badly and you're expected to, say, jump from one building to another. That was specifically one of the key moments where I was just like, what the hell is happening? Like, this just, this makes no sense to me at all. Like, there was one line of dialogue in that scene specifically that seemed to address what I was feeling. Like, it was like, oh, Lee's just stubborn, you know? He feels personally responsible for stuff that's happening. He wants to do this himself. That's fine. But the thing after that, like, specifically, no one tries to help catch him. Dude, what? Yeah. Like, just ridiculous. Like, that that was like, you know, I don't know. It's like watching a movie and it has, like, bad editing in it or something. And it kind of ruins the scene. Like, it's just like, it's a technical problem that just felt really weird to me. And I, I don't know. That is, that's like, I say, like, a lot of the general stuff that's happening, like, there was a smart plot development in this one here and there. You know, yeah. like, there was a nice reveal that I felt was, you know, like, some people have criticized that, a, a plot point. Specific, like, I can't get into it, but someone, a lot of people have complained about a certain twist, you might say. And it's like, well, I can see there's some logic problems here, but at the same time, I think it's a smart idea. So I'm fine. That's fine. Yeah, but that's fine. It's just, yeah, weird little technical hiccups here and there that are kind of because mm-hmm. it's this weird half movie, half video game that just kind of made it a little unsatisfying for both things, you know? Like, it's... I don't know. I'm not sure what to make of this this type of game. Like, it's it's like Heavy Rain. We brought up Heavy Rain earlier, where it's like, no matter what you do, you don't really get to choose. You know? Like, there's a story that's gonna happen. It's tethering you along with the illusion that you're choosing stuff, but really, everything leads to one end, and it has to. That's the same way with Mass Effect 3. Yeah. Which... Like, I don't know, yeah, like, I didn't, I was just on the same page as the developers of that game, apparently. Like, I just wanted to see some of those things happen, and they happened as I thought they would, so I was fine. Like, I've, I've, I've listened to more conversations about that game, and I'm just not on the same page as a lot of people complaining about it. I thought it was fine. But yeah. this game, like, I don't know, like, I'm not even actually, yeah, I'm not even really that burned about what happened plot-wise for the most part. It's, it's just more, when you see the technical things happening in the background more apparent, yeah. it kind of breaks this illusion that it created so well in the first two episodes specifically. We're just like, oh man, I wonder how much impact I'm having. Or actually, like, I should like, say the first three. I'm going to say, actually, like I had a unique bit of a problem with that, like or a unique experience that kind of damaged it for me earlier in the series, maybe, because I switched platforms partway through and I had to play the first two episodes again. Mm-hmm. And I played two at your house once, too. So I played episode two, like, three times. So I saw kind of how limited the variants were pretty early, you know? So even then, I was like, oh, this isn't actually doing what it says it's doing. It just, it's trying to make me think it is, and I know it isn't now. So I don't know, I'm not on the same page as everybody. Because, like, a lot of people I know are playing it probably in a way the right way they play it once and then they put it down for a month and then they play the next one and then they put it down you know 
They're yeah. not going through it. Whereas, like, I've had this issue with games, like, <clears throat> games like this specifically, like, uh, I played Indigo Prophecy yep. years ago. Fahrenheit, and yeah. I thought it was fantastic the first time I played it, and I, but then I played it, like, five more times that weekend, because I just thought it was such a cool thing. Like, I was just like, oh, man, I wonder how much, you know, difference I could do. Maybe I could change this whole thing. It's like a movie, but it's like five movies, and you can just intercut between the movies, and it changes everything. And then over the course of doing that, I kind of ruined that game, because it just, you see how little is actually changing. Right. You know, it's just like, no, you can totally, like, specifically in that game, there's a scene where you have to clean up a murder scene. And I was just like, well, what if I just fuck this up entirely and don't clean anything? Then the cops will find me right away. But it's just like, no, you still escape. Right. Because the plot demands that you're not actually discovered until this point. And at this point, you are discovered, no matter how good of a criminal you are. So it's just like, oh, oh. Like, it just really ruined it. And that's David Cage. Like, that's the heavy ring guy. So, I don't know. Like, yeah. This game falls into a lot of the same kind of things and it, it, and even adventure game wise like puzzles and stuff like there's not there aren't puzzles like it's just here's an object you will immediately lose this use this thing and then you move on like because it has to keep moving i don't know i think it runs into a lot of weird problems and to hear people like demanding it win game of the year and it'll be this great win for you know games i don't i don't know i don't know i think to win game of the year you have to be a game yeah. Just straight like, up I, a game. You should have mechanics that you exploit and you progress a player through something not like a storyline, but you make them yeah. progress it. Like, it's almost like, yeah, this should be an interactive machinima of the year <laughs> or something, you know? Like, it's like, it's almost that. Or a movie game thing, like weird hybrid. It's It's not... It's not what I'm looking for in a video game. You know what I mean? Like, I'm still trying to figure out what my definition of video game is, but this doesn't quite fit in it. And I know that much, you know? It's just, there's no meaningful interaction that the player has. Ever. Yeah. Um, Yeah. (laughs) I think you, I, and I like, you, me, and maybe Sean, we should do a spoiler cast and just talk about this whole series. Perhaps, yeah. I know he really likes it, so we're probably going to have some differences of opinion happening, but if he's up for that, I guess we could do that, yeah. Because, like, I just need to, like, people just get mad at me on forums. Like, it's just like, what are you talking about? This is the greatest video game ever. Shut up. And you're just like, okay. I'm just saying it's not a game. Like, it's a pretty good mini-series. Yeah. But it's, it's a great fun. interactive experience. Yeah, but it's it's like a it's like a book. It's like an interactive book or like a visual novel or something. It's, it's a lot like that. It it's it doesn't quite fit my criteria of what I'd like an interactive video like you know or do we have to make a distinction between interactive experience and video game like maybe because from the sounds of it that real life doesn't sound like what I would call a video game either okay whereas like that for me is very much a game because it's like a it's a strategy it's like the way civilization is a game you know okay like you input things like it's like a it's you you are given a board and a set of rules and then whatever happens after that is kind of based on your inputs. Yeah, I'll have to play it before I make a decision on it, I guess, just from the sounds of it. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, video games. 
victory conditions. I don't. I don't know. But yeah, speaking game. of victory conditions, I beat Borderlands Two. Oh, okay. The campaign. Then, is that a video game? Um. Yeah, probably. Okay. Just because it has a whole RPG element where you're leveling up and you're progressing your character, and yeah, I would say so. And you're constantly interacting with it, right? Constantly. Yeah. Like. To move, you have to push forward. See, I think that might be the key component. Like, it's like, if your game is mostly cutscene, like, that's why Metal Gear is weird. But it's it at least has video game moments in it. So it's, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But, okay, Borderlands 2, the story of Handsome Jack. Yes. It's... And spoiler alert, you kill him at the end. Oh, what? Dude, but I, mean... I didn't know that. But I mean, yeah. Everybody kind of knew that. Borderlands okay. is the type of game... So Anthony Burch, how did, how did Anthony do? Sorry, I was just going to no. say, Borderlands is the type of game that there's an enemy at the end, and you will defeat him. It's just really cut okay. and dry. A shooter. So, yeah. Okay. Um, how did Anthony Burch do? He did fine. Every, like, all the lines that you can tell he wrote, you can tell he wrote. Is which that is good? It depends if you're if you like his humor and the way he talks. I guess if you heard him in some of the podcasts he's been in and done, okay, it is very Anthony Birch for sure, and that's fine. I guess. Um, yeah, I guess I don't know really what to say about it. It is an ending. It's the exact same idea as the first ending, where you defeat a big thing and then it sets up for another game, maybe. Okay. Yep. So there, there's going to be a sequel. And then they're just like, hey, you unlock true Vault Hunter mode, which is just the game again, only with higher level monsters, so you can level up more. Mm-hmm. And you it, get better loot and blah, blah, blah. It, blah. Is, it is literally Borderlands 1. Okay. Which, if this game had come out earlier, I don't think would have been acceptable. And I think the only reason why I was into it is because there was such a long time from me playing Borderlands 1 to Borderlands 2, including all the DLC. Mm -hmm. Like, if it had been all the DLC for Borderlands 1 and then 2 came out three months after, that wouldn't have been acceptable to me. But, which is why I'm kind of weirded out about why they're, or how they're doing the DLC now, where they're releasing it just kind of shot after shot, because... I've had my fill of Borderlands right now, and I don't feel the need to get jump into that DLC. And granted, one of them has been out for a while, but even that DLC came out a month after the game, right. which is like, really well, early. The last time they kind of had them spread out over a year or so, it was it was pretty long after the fact. But okay, yeah, this time around too much too soon, and I think so. Like yeah. I don't know why they're blowing their load so quickly people beat the game and then they can go through it again after and then they could play with I, friends or whatever they want to do so i guess why, the notion is to keep people from trading it in right that's like there's something profoundly sick with the video game industry there they have an illness a virus right now uh-huh. and all their decisions are based around that and it's really kind of depressing because there was a time when the game industry would focus more on well, this game will be good for people because we will do things systematically to keep interest. And now it's like, no, we got to keep sales numbers up. 
Yeah. So we got to make sure like, we give them everything. Saying you want a video game that's like renewable experience that you could just go back to, right? Yeah, exactly. Like and, keep it because you like it a lot, not because there's more dumb stuff to do. And the thing is with Borderlands 2 specifically is that it is a game I will go back to and play more of the same thing I've just done to level up more and play with friends. So you don't need to have this paranoia or this weird th- thought that everyone's going to trade it in and just give us everything at once. People ha- should have time to get through all that stuff. Yeah. I don't know. It's just weird. Game The game industry is trying to appeal to a market that is increasingly not me. And I think it's just weird because mm-hmm. I grew up like we grew up in the Genesis and the NES and the Super NES and PlayStation days where they were about getting their stuff out there for people to enjoy. They were trying new things out. And now it's literally just what will make the final line. The cut. Oh, like we found this formula and we're going to fill it. And yeah. Hopefully that'll work out. Yeah. Oh, it didn't? Mysteries. Yeah. Uh, oh, it didn't? Yeah. So we'll try this other sleazy way of doing it next time. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's really disheartening. But or we'll put some incentives for them to pre-order, like a awesome Batman costume that should be in there anyway, because we like Batman fans. And speaking of incentives, yep, I got Skyrim again on PC this time. Oh, cause, yeah, because of the sale. Because of the sale, it was thirty bucks, and on GameFly.com, they have a code right now to, for twenty percent off, so it was twenty-one dollars. Yeah, so I bought that again solely for the purpose of modding it. But I have yet to Death get Star in that. in it, dude. You can put the Death Star in it. I'm going to be Santa Claus in it first. Okay. I'm going to try out some of those mods that make everything look like you're walking in a portrait of real life. Have you seen those? I don't think so. The mods that make the grass and oh. trees look real? Yeah, I have seen that, and I've just tried to ignore them because I can't do that. <laughs> like, I want to see... fake... That's not real. See, I want to see how far I can push my system, and that will totally do it. Yeah. Um, really, really I nice. won't be able to do a lot of it, and I know it will force me to buy a f- high-end rig. I just know what's, it. What's your Windows experience meter, dude? Uh, it's really low because my hard drive is my old hard drive. Oh, okay. So it is 5.8, oh, and everything okay. else is... You know what? I can just find this out right now for you. <laughs> if I can remember how to get to it. It's always kind of a weird thing to get into. Like, isn't it just from your contr- not control panel, from, like, my computer, the system properties? Yeah, right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So everything else is in the mid-7s and high-7s, and then 5.6, primary hard drive. Okay, so that's throttling, that's throttling you. Really bad. It. Really yeah. bad. So if I put an SSD in there, it will be decent. You should do that, man. Which is not too bad if you consider that this was a $300 PC. Mm-hmm. Although it will technically be a $400 PC if I get an SSD in there. But Isn't there some trade-in deal or something on that, too, or something? Okay. Where you had some stuff already? Me? Yeah. I thought you already had some business that you rolled into your new one. No, it's all, well, besides, like, the disk drive. Yeah, see, that's that's expensive, right? Like, 30 bucks. 
Okay, never mind. I don't know what I'm talking about, dude. <laughs> I was going to use my old graphics card, but it wasn't enough for what I wanted, so I went out and bought a whole new graphics card. So that might be what you're thinking about, because I was originally going to use that and something else. But Oh, and I think my old power supply, but the power supply wasn't powerful enough to run the new GPU and the new card. So I had to go and get a new one. But yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Do we want to talk Walking Dead at all? Uh, we'll, t- we'll talk some TV briefly. Um, yeah. Uh, Cutie Mark Crusaders episode. I don't know, dude. Yeah, go ahead. It wasn't that great. Um, there's a new song. I was going to say it wasn't that great. And okay. yeah, last week's episode is still the champion of this season. So too many pinkies. Check it out on the YouTube. But yeah, we can talk about Walking Dead. Um, I'm trying to think really. Like I just watched it last night. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so let's just spoil everything. So I was. Uh, should we? I don't know. The the the, the it's the thing that was going to happen is starting to happen. So that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Whatever. I still I still it, hate it, Merle. Merle. Oh, okay. Really? You don't like Michael Brooker? I've I've never liked him. I don't like Michael Brooker at all, though, as a person. Oh, Fuck dude, that guy. what? Oh, but he's in all that funny stuff. He's funny. Like cool what? Guy. Like, he's in the James Gunn movies. He's in Slither. Yeah. Was he in Slither? Yeah. Yeah, he's a monster dude. He's he's the first guy that like mutates. Oh right. He becomes a big monster thing. Yeah, he's also in a uh, Mallrats, Kevin Smith classic. Woo! Right. Just uh-huh. I also watched Comic Book Men yesterday, so Kevin Smith's fresh on the mind. Um, good episode of Comic Book Men. Yeah. Are you? Are, is there a delay or something, or are you just bummed out? Uh, there was somewhat of a delay, but it's fine now. Okay, I was thought you were just like, oh, great, Nathan's talking about this drunk. Um, yeah, comic book man. I don't know. There was a Mecha God's Mecha King costume. It was kind of funny. But, okay. So Walking Dead. Um, it has been a split narrative thus far in the season, and now that is stopping to happen. They're they're converging, and I think that's vague enough that we can say that. And I think that's interesting. Um, there's a mid-season hiatus tomorrow. Yeah. So that is kind of weird. I'm not sure how big the break will be. Um, you don't like Merle. Um, what did you think of the almost rape scene? It was weird. Okay. Like, it just really paints the governor as a creep. Yeah. But, I mean, I I never was invested in the governor anyways. I just want him to die. Like well, they he... pretty quickly made, made it clear, like, this guy is not on the level, so you're not supposed to like him. So I've, I kind of haven't really – like, and I don't care about Andrea at all. So if they're trying to be like, oh, you know, but she sees his good side. Yeah, no, fuck Andrea, man. It's just like, oh, I don't care what she thinks at all, so that doesn't matter. They went in a weird direction with Andrea where I thought they were going to do something good with her, and she's just a sex object that has no place in this world, and she needs to die now. (laughs) And Michonne is way cooler anyway, so trade I don't – I don't – I still don't understand why Michonne is just like – Oh, I can't tell anybody anything. It's like, dude, you came to this prison for a reason. Right. Like, um, just say what's going on. 
in the Talking Dead episode, they discuss the fact that she's probably using it, that information as currency. She told them just enough so to get them moving, but she's keeping the cards like in her sleeve. You know, she knows what's up. Oh, maybe. Yeah. So since we've yeah. already kind of spoiled it, should we just keep talking? Like, I guess so. Um, <laughs> Sean shows up at the prison, as you saw at the end of the last week's episode. Yeah. Like, okay, this kind of just comes on a thing about, like, spoiler talk. Like, the episode came out yesterday. If you're watching TV shows and you care about it, you should have seen it by now. Like, I don't, like, it's a convenient digital world. Shut up. You should have watched it. So, we're going to talk about it. Okay? Fair enough? Yeah. Boom. Take that. Like, when, you know, when MASH ended in the 70s, was anyone like, oh, why are you ruining it? Like months later, I do still understand it though because I haven't watched Mad Men and stuff, and it's just because I have a life that's outside of watching TV the minute it comes out. Well, but like I just watched The Walking Dead this episode tonight, today before we started this. But you can't expect fans of Mad Men to respect that. Like they'll just talk about it. I guess. Yeah, and so at the like, same time, like, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be listening podcast. to a podcast. Right. Like, it's like, I'm going to check out the Mad Men podcast. Wait, why are they spoiling stuff? It's like, dude, come on. And actually, there have been times where podcasts I was listening to just started talking about Games of Thrones, Game of Thrones, and I would skip ahead 10 minutes and just keep listening after that. Mm-hmm. So, like, I guess the onus is somewhat on you, the listener. The content you wanted. And if yeah. not, you know what? If you've been avoiding spoilers this whole time that you care that much, you'll find a way to avoid it, too. Like, you'll mm-hmm. skip ahead another five minutes and we'll be done talking about it so don't worry about it well i, I just don't view anything there's, that's there's no real spoilers in this one either right it's not like oh a character died or some big development happened it's just like things that happen happen so whatever I, I don't know we probably ruined the road too but that came out like three years ago yeah so just don't worry about it okay and man um, glenn can take an ass whooping yeah glenn stands up to torture pretty pretty good yeah you know keeps it quiet and also that fight scene where he's <laughs> he's tied up and still succeeds was pretty cool. It was was pretty good. Some of the choreography, though, like, the table just flipped out, which I thought was really weird. Like, there was a moment where I was just like, what? Why would it flip like that? That's dumb. I think think what sold that whole scene for me was Mm -hmm. I really got the feeling of, like, an adrenaline rush where he knew that he was going to die. Unless he stepped up right there. Not even the unless. He just knew, so he had to go for it. Like, yeah. it didn't matter. I'm going to fucking throw my back against a wall over and over until either I die from it, like my back breaks in half, or this chair breaks. Yeah. No, it was, it was, it was a pretty good raw bit of business. The intensity um, in his face was really good. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. So that, that was good. I, I'm going to... The Andrea story with the psychology of zombies or whatever, I don't know. I didn't get much out of that. Useless. Totally. Yeah. Like, I mean... Like, there was a scene in Day of the Dead, like the Romero movie, where they're experimenting with zombies and whether they have memories and stuff. Like, that's those, those are questions to ask in your zombie fiction. Also, in the Romero thing, it actually led to something. It was just yeah. kind of, it felt like filler here, because one of the main points of that movie was Bub. Mm-hmm. So, like, they did stuff with him in this. Well, maybe it was... they'll eventually pay off on this thought process, but who knows? Like, planting the seeds for, like, three seasons later, maybe? Maybe. But, like, as it stands right now, it's just kind of this weird B-plot that I didn't care much about. Again, Andrea, though. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Like, she's just offensively annoying to me now. Mm. And I think it's just because in this episode specifically and the last one, the first time and last time you see her is fucking the governor. Yeah. Like, the... 
That's disgusting. It's just... Well, I mean, not just... Not the, like, whole sex part. Mm -hmm. Just the fact that they took this character I thought they were going to do more with and just turned her into a whore, essentially, for the governor. Because she doesn't do anything else. I don't know. People want sex in the post-apocalypse. That's fine. I'm not. I hope I someone from the other team kills her. Like inadvertently during the siege that's happening. No, I hope she holds a gun on one of them and the other one slits her throat. Like another person comes up to her and slits her throat or something. Like Michonne's just like, "You're dead to me now." That'd be pretty good. Yeah. I'm it's really interested change. to see what happens with Daryl and Merle. Yeah, that that confrontation should be interesting because like. That's been in the brewing for quite a while. I like. I have a feeling in my gut that Daryl is going to kill Merle. Like really? Like Merle's just not going to be in the rest of it? I hope not. Fuck Merle. Okay. Huh. He did do some pretty mean stuff this episode, and did kind of reveal that it's like, yeah, I'm just, you know, cynical jerk. So whatever. So maybe I mean might... specific, like specifically the char- forgetting Rooker and him, mm-hmm. the character of Merle is just kind of a one-note, useless person because he is just a bad guy. He is just yeah. he is just the henchman that likes to torture people and like kill people for pissing them off. You know that's that's kind of fair. Like they basically. Like, they could have done something where it's like, oh, you know, he's, he wants to meet his brother. Like, there's still this kind of lingering thing in him. But then this episode, they kind of, with his attitude towards T-Dog and everything and how that hasn't changed. Yeah. That Like, it's like, he hasn't grown at all. He's just he's just an asshole. So, yeah, maybe this, this is just at a mid-season break, the brothers fight and Merle dies. That I could see that happening. I don't know. We'll find out next week. Um, generally, though, this season, it's fine. It's it's good. It's all right so far. I'm still, like, it's it's still just, this show does not rank amongst my favorite shows ever. It's just an okay weekly bit of action business. I don't it, know. It I is guess... kind of the thing I just come to now to finish it. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not, at the end of this episode, well, this episode's a little different because I do want to see what happens next week. Yeah. But at the end of most of these episodes this season... It's been kind of like, well, I guess I can wait a week or two weeks or whenever I get to see it. The only reason I've been keeping up with it is because we talk on here about it. Right. And I, I like, I know it's like it's just kind of a weird thing, especially, you know, from someone who's murdering people in video games and whatever. But like this show is really violent in a way I'm not sure I like. Like where they just show the guy getting ripped apart for a good minute before, yeah, before like they the- cut away to the rest of the episode yeah they basically just kill an innocent dude in this episode which i, I did think was okay it's like, not that i wasn't okay with that yeah it's the fact that the camera panned on them ripping them apart and just like gory business for a good yeah, minute yeah, and a yeah. half for no reason and if you if you watch talking dead after like the way they gleefully look at all that stuff too just kind of bothers me too like that that they're like kill of the week sort of idea yeah, and it'll play, like, this weird music and then just show you all these, like, decapitations and stabbings and stuff in this weird manner. And it's just, like, this is the most childish way they, this could do this. And, I, you know, it's a, it's the podcasty type thing, like, where they're just kind of looking back on stuff. But, I don't know, the tone of that stuff, like, is shouldn't be for laughs, this kind of stuff. Like, and it is in that show. It's, a, it's the I'm same idea. In the show, either. 
It's the same idea with, like, E3, when they're showing God of War 3, and he's, like, pulling the monster's eye out, and people are clapping and cheering. Right. The main example I've heard on that front is, like, Sam Fisher slits a dude's throat, and a crowd's cheering. Yeah. And at that point, like, some bloggers and stuff are like, wait, what the fuck are we doing? Like, are you serious? This is kind of gross right now. Like, in the in the context of this game, like, maybe there's a story reason that happened, but the way this is being presented is just like, look at this badass thing you can do. That's That's kind of irresponsible and weird so i don't know like i love hotline miami but i feel hotline miami is grossed out by itself in a way or something like it, it doesn't do it this way i think what hotline miami does though is mm-hmm. kind of different in the fact that it presents a violent situation that in many ways you can avoid right but it forces a player to basically do terrible things and then it berates you for it in a way yeah it makes you feel bad about what you're doing but i don't know it's i think and if you if i I, just to briefly like over the course of that entire game's arc there is a interesting break in that where you can actually kind of go back and change it in a way but i won't get elaborate on that Whereas, like, yeah, this, this, like, specifically, I don't know if I, I watched last week's episode and this week's one on the same day, I think. So I forget which one had it, but there is a bit where Michonne decapitates just a dude. Like, it's not a Oh, where she's attacking the group looking for her. Yeah, it's not a walker, it's just a guy. And I was just like... That was last week's. There was just a decapitation that just happened. Like, it was just like, head cut off. Like, it was like some gladiator type business, but it's just on television. And that's, you know... Like, it would, like, and that in and of itself, that's fine if the show in all respects did that. But I think this is another example of that weird kind of, like, this this American thing where violence is fine, sex and swearing, though, oh, watch out. You yeah. rein that stuff in there. We can decapitate 30 people. That's fine. But if you're going to have, like, no nudity, oh, my goodness, hell no. That's awful. That's terrible stuff right there. Yeah. Say, saying the word fuck? No. No way. We're not going to say that, but we're going to decapitate all these people. And it's just like, uh, this is kind of weird. Like that, that's where you kind of lose me. Like you have to go extreme in all, in all camps if you're going to try to go for something like that. But if you're only doing it in one, it seems gratuitous. And that's, that's where I'm a little weird. That, 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 I don't like it. I don't like it. It seems a little weird. Like does the, I think the comic just goes all out, right? Like there's some gnarly business that happens in terms of like, like, there was an almost rape scene in this episode. I'm of the impression there's some gnarly stuff that happens in the book that doesn't scrimp on that. You know, it's just like, no, bad stuff happens. Yeah. Guess what? Sexual assault is going to happen in the post-apocalypse. It's going to go real bad. You know? like. And then here, they can't show it. Yeah, they can't show it because it's like, I, what is that show rated? It's got to be M.A. though, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Okay, but... It has I, a thing at the beginning. Yeah, like, but, like, HBO goes all out all the time in all respects, right? Like, yeah. I don't love Boardwalk Empire, but they don't, like, you know, it's just like, yeah, there's depraved weird stuff happening all around. Like, Game of Thrones all around. doesn't matter. You know? Cursing, nudity, and violence. But this is just one of those Venn diagrams. I don't know. It's weird. I don't, like, AMC does that. It's really just an AMC programming code thing. Like, Breaking Bad similarly will have a bunch of violence in it, and then they won't swear much at all. And yeah. it's just like, ah, that seems inauthentic somehow. At some point, this isn't realistic because we're dealing with underground criminal business, 
and they say bitch a lot because they can't say fuck. Or yeah. Whatever. It's it's just kind of weird. Like that's censorship on some level that makes it all seem a little restrained in a way. I don't. It like. makes it worse in a way. Yeah. Like like again like uh, HBO they they open it up wide open. Sopranos has all of it. All of your bases are covered. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas if you're gonna do one thing, I don't know. It just makes everything else stand out. But eh, whatever. That's TV. Um, do you, I don't know. Do you have any re- responses, rebuttals? Uh, I think we could talk for a long time about this, so we probably should get away from it. Okay. We'll probably talk about, yeah, we're going to talk about Walking Dead, Episode 5, Off the Air. Um, thanks for joining us, I guess. Is that everything for this week? It's a long one again. There's stuff going on. Yeah, I think that's it for this week. I mean, you know the teenage kid from Two and a Half Men? Yeah. He calls his show filth and tells right. people to not watch it. In what context, though? Was that, like, a interview? What is that? Apparently it was on, like, a Christian church message board or something. Oh, okay. And he said something like, please stop watching it. Stop filling your head with the filth. Huh. Yeah. I don't know. I I don't keep track of any of that because I hate Two and a Half Men. So, whatever. I just think it's funny that everybody that's involved with it kind of knows that it's garbage, but they just want a paycheck mm-hmm. until they get to the point of Sheen or this kid now where they're just like, no, this is fucking stupid. Like, I don't even care at this point. So, yeah. But I digress. And if you guys want to talk to us, We've actually started doing some live streaming sort of thing. Uh, this show was recorded live with people jumping in and out throughout it. Uh, that's we. I mean, we try to record on Mondays. Yeah. Probably around this time, six or seven Mountain Standard Time, so that's five or six ish uh, Pacific time. And it's on Twitch TV right now. It might change in the future, but right now it's Twitch.tv/exposure e x f a u x s u r e. So come join the chat and listen to us talk. We'll try not to do spoilers and stuff when we're live streaming because that's just kind of weird. I'm going to try to come up maybe with a system where when we do that, we like music plays or something as we're talking for the recording so people can still listen to something. But yeah, we're going to start doing the live thing. It just kind of adds a weird dynamic where people can talk to us as we talk and ask questions live and that whole sort of thing. But if you don't want to do that on Facebook, you can look us up. It's the pixel response or just go facebook.com slash the pixel response on Twitter. It's at pixel underscore response. You can get me at exposure E X F A U X S U R E. You can get Nathan at Krasnor K R A Z N O R. Email address is podcast at pixel dash response.com. And listen to us on Stitcher if you don't want to download us. That's how I listen to us because I don't want to waste the space on my phone that's already taken up by music. So you can just search Pixel Response on there. Add us to your favorites so every time this is updated, you get to listen to us banter and do our thing. And it just costs you a little bit of bandwidth. And for you Americans, it's not an issue. For Canadians, it's probably a bit more of an issue. And as always... 
visit pixel-response.com for more from us. And there's going to be some interesting stuff still coming up. We got the Indie Talks next week. And you'll be hearing us talk to Eric Ruth of Eric Ruth Games. He does all those pixel recreations of primarily Valve games, it seems, are his big ones. But he's done some other stuff. And he's a really nice guy to talk to. Mm-hmm. So you'll get to enjoy that. On the 1st of December, our first Breaking Balls will go up podcast where we talk about gender politics and media with random guests and the first one is with regina and i can't ever pronounce her last name so i'm sorry regina but she is doc liz on twitter so that'll be coming on the first and me and eno will be doing a talk with uh ryan francis that created or helped create thanks killing so that'll be up there soon and as always you can we're doing the whole four idiots video stuff. So if you want to watch us play video games badly with our friend, John and my friend, Mark, you can do that on youtube.com slash the awful gamer HD. And I think that's all my shilling for this week. Do you got anything? Uh, top down perspective is another podcast. It um, is the sister podcast, sister podcast. I think, I think that's, kind of it like i'm on social networks add me on the wii u friends list i'm applejack Woo! great yeah that was almost a, that was kind of an accident i thought my name was krasnor but it wasn't <laughs> whatever Fantastic. i have two accounts now but yeah <laughs> all right we'll see you guys next time